0: Welcome to the Anything Goes Podcast, the best geek and pop culture podcast broadcast in Long Island, New York. I'm your host, Timothy Rooney, and we're back. The first episode in a couple of weeks. I apologize for that because... Two weeks ago, because we kind of like record on Wednesdays and we put up the show on uh, Fridays. That's kind of like the schedule has been for the past like two months at least. And two weeks ago, uh, Dakota and I, who's our usual co-host, and who's with me today. Hello! Uh, he him, he and I were actually, we shot a short film that's actually up on YouTube. You can look it up, called Cat Call, under the banner of Through the Lens Productions. It's for the 15-second horror film challenge. Woot woot! And it's nearly 300 views. I hope uh, by the time this episode goes up, it'll be over that. Mm. And maybe you and if you enjoy it, share it with your friends. So Ooh. two weeks ago, that's why we didn't record, because we were shooting a movie. And then the last week, uh, I actually was really sick. I mean, like, so much so that I, was, I called out of work because I had I was burning up because of a fever. And then, like, I'm still not 100% over it. Like, I, nose and uh, cough is, like, nose is a little stuffed up, and I still have a little bit of a cough. But it's slowly going away. However, so that's why we didn't record last week and I feel a little bad about that. So for those who have been waiting for this show, I apologize. Last week that was my bad. It is. I know, I mean I'm just You a...
1: and your three hundred fever dreams of just scantily clad women dancing about.
0: Yo I tell you what I want what I really really want. I'll tell me what
2: you want what you really really want. <laughs> Now in
1: that scenario, are you King Leonidas who is just looking at this like okay whatever? Are you or are you the uh, the high priest that end up licking the girl?
0: I'd rather be Leonidas because <laughs> even if like the high priestess gets the the the, the uh, oracle, I, I do not want to look like that. No, even if yeah. I do get the uh, Persian gold as a bribe,
1: yeah, you're still fucking ugly.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like that quote from <laughs> They Live. It's just like like you, you're okay. This one, real, real fucking ugly. ugly. <laughs> and so we're back. We're actually doing two things for this episode. We're covering two topics here. Mm-hmm. First, we're, we'll be talking about the passing of Sir Roger Moore, yes. the late, great James Bond. And we'll be reviewing uh, uh, Spider-Man, the 2002 movie, later. So everybody buckle in. So let's jump into our tribute to Roger Moore on a review of Spider-Man. Let's jump into that right
2: now. <laughs> big james bond fans
1: correct and so much that i wrote a complete guide to my top my worst to best james bond list yes where can they
0: find that D- D- art.com. now before you go there I-, I must ask the question since it's been a little while since you originally published that would you change that list now
1: Um. Uh, well i have to still include um I have to include uh, Skyfall and Spectre to the list.
0: Right, because it was right before the 50th anniversary. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah, so I have to go back and actually retouch it. I also forgot. It's actually also on um, cartoonbinge.blogspot.com. Gotcha. But, yeah, I have to retouch it, touch it up, but the order will probably relatively be the same. Okay. Um, I'm not too wishy-washy on... I mean, I've been watching James Bond since I was a little kid, so... Ever since I kind of, like, my parents are like, okay, you're old enough to watch people get killed.
0: (laughs) Which did not leave any negative ramifications on your personality whatsoever. None whatsoever, Tim. (laughs) 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 You threw me away for a woman. A A woman! woman! You must be insane, Jack. Maybe we can cut a deal. Jack. Jack is dead, my friend. But you can call me. Joker. Joker. As you can see, I'm a lot happier. happier now.
1: <laughs> okay, that was I, a weird transition.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, like I've been actually really aching to watch Batman 89, so I, I think tonight I may end up watching that.
1: side note: I had to explain to my coworker Friday about how Jack Nicholson gets all, still gets royalties for Joker.
0: Oh, God. I mean, and he the, had, the, was one of the most lucrative deals in Hollywood history. Yeah, the
1: most absurd deal, but, you know, it, good for Jack Nicholson.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: he made $60
0: million off that movie.
1: Plus some.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, that's just the residuals. Uh, that's not including his royalties. Yeah, I mean, I bet those words, were, I'm not talking about his initial paycheck that he got for the part itself. Oh, okay. But still. Yeah. Like, it's unfathomable amount of money.
1: Yes. But back to James Bond. Yes. So yeah.
0: when were you introduced to the Roger Moore movie specifically?
1: I think that was actually – I was first introduced – to my first James Bond movie had to be uh, Golden Eye. Gotcha. I think that was my first one because that was just right around the same time that like I was – it came out in 91, right? 95? Okay, yes. so I was four years old when uh, GoldenEye came out. Right. So it makes sense that that would probably be my first James Bond movie. Myself, too. But my too. second James Bond movie was uh, Man with a Golden Gun. That's really weird. Because it was yours, too? <laughs> yeah. And that's. And to be honest with you, as a kid, I preferred Man with a Golden Gun over GoldenEye. Really? Really? Yeah. I mean, as you mature, you understand more storylines and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Though, that being said, Man with the Golden Gun has always been my favorite Roger Moore movie.
0: Okay. Now, just because you experienced it first, or... Well,
1: no, after... Well, that probably played a little bit of a role, but after going back and watching all the movies, Uh it, it, it probably was the better Roger Moore movie. I mean, that was, what, his second... James Bond yeah. movie, yeah, so he's still trying more. to he's still trying to figure out his character as James Bond. So he's not as rough as he um, physically rough as he was in um, Live, and let die. Live and Let Die. Thank you, mm-hmm. but he's not as goofy as what was his next one for your eyes? Free... No,
0: it was all right. it Goes Live and Let Die, Man with the Golden Gun, Spyro Love Me, Raker, what... For Your Eyes Only, Octopussy, A View to a Kill.
1: Yeah, so he but he was like in between total goofy and Sean Connery. Fierceness. Right. Though, I mean, towards the end of Sean Connery's career, he got a little goofy, but, you know, like, kind of like rapey Sean Connery. <laughs> like, yeah. I like the way you look, Pushy galore. I'm going to fuck you, <laughs> whether you like it or not.
0: In so many words.
1: And look at what he did to her in the, the the horse stalls.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's weird. Like I always say that. Like I always bring that up. And like high plains drifter, where Clint Eastwood just like very similar to that. Not as ba- well. Both are pretty bad because that one I believe says no. Glory never says no. I'm not saying one's better. One's more justifiable than the other. I'm not saying that whatsoever. Yeah,
1: it's almost more acceptable in high plains drifter. Let's just, let's, let's, be, let's
0: move off the topic right okay. now. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to try and defend a sexual assault whatsoever. No, I'm, just, I'm not
1: defending either. But
0: you know, the way the movie, both movies play out, y- you kind of get the gist. Yeah, no, because Clayswood is kind of he is a, a bad guy. He's a wh-
1: he's a whore- He's a
0: bastard. Yes, and it's it's the whole point of his character in that movie.
1: Yeah, Sean Connery is Sean Connery. He's yeah. James Bond. It's yeah, fun.
0: like I mean, put it within the context of of when Golden Knight came out. Not saying it's it was acceptable then. No. however, but like. It was more lenient than... It was more
1: lenient because w- men could be rougher with women in that time period. Yes,
0: but let's cut it off because I, I love, I'm i starting to sweat over here. Okay, I, I already, okay, I already, I
1: already moving on, this. moving on! Jesus Christ. Going life. back to what I was saying. So, Roger Moore wasn't as Sean Connery in uh, in Man with a Golden Gun, but he wasn't as total, like, you know, goofball in, um, in that movie as well. Right. It was like the perfect balance, and I always enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, when the news broke, it was kind of like a really bad day when we found out the news that Roger Moore passed away because it was like, it was kind of like a trifecta of really bad things that happened that day. Because um, earlier it was the Ariana Grande uh, Manchester uh, Shooting. Before, uh, bombing bombing uh, at her performance, and then later on in that evening, I find out that. Zack Snyder stepping away from Justice League because we find out that his daughter mm-hmm. committed suicide like mm-hmm. two months previous, and then find out Roger Moore it, d- dies because of... Uh, cancer. Uh, yeah, and I'm just like, answer, Roger Moore was <laughs> what, like 89 years old. Yes, he was. Excuse me. <clears throat> As you tell, I'm still a little sick. Um, so it was just it was just like a trifecta of really bad things, and I'm just like, I'm just hoping like this day has to be kept. Uh, that was a Monday, so like like people don't like have Mondays to begin yeah. with. So it was like. And so it was like, Tuesday, I'm like, it has to get better. Yeah. So And it, it did, and life does go on. However, I've, like, like you, it's kind of like I had a weird feeling towards the Roger Moore movies, where I've come around to them, and it's being more accepting to them, and think of them more high regard. I mean, even before he passed away, like, how I think of it as, like, Roger Moore movies, because, like, like you, I saw Golden Knight first, and then I saw A Man with a Golden Gun. Mm-hmm. And then I, I always kind of go back and forth to which my favorite uh, Roger Moore movie is. It's whether it's, like, Spy or Love Me or For Your Eyes Only. And I think Spy because it's the perfect balance between the goof... The goofier yeah. aspects to it. And you know what the thing is, that, and the serious parts of Fleming, because... You see Sean Connery and you see Andy Lazenby with the one on Imagine Secret Service. They were very serious Bonds. Sure, they had the gr- silly moments in there. hmm However...
1: The tone was always darker.
0: <clears throat> yes. And the genius of Roger Moore is that they kind of play out the kind of... That he's the... And the thing is with Roger Moore, he's more su- <coughs> the most suave of all of the James Bond movies. Yeah, I agree. And just like... Even like 89 years old, like save you with your woman, like he comes up to your table or something like that in a restaurant, like, Huh, oh, how are you doing? Your woman's lost. She's going home with and him. Her
1: panties are all already off.
0: Yeah, I'm like, I'm like you have no competition whatsoever, and just there's so much charm and so much warmth that he brought to the role, and then just like the subtle nuances of his reactions to things, like just a raised <laughs> eyebrow. We.
1: Tim and I and my brother Zach, we have this ongoing joke of like when something's outrageous is said, we would say like Roger Mooreface. And which is like the him like kinda like almost looking at the camera with eyebrows raised. Yeah, it's, it's just like And like, mm. it, it's always
0: it's kinda like the moment like, What is that? Like, oh, that's my octopusy. That's like mm. yeah, Roger like, Mooreface. Roger Mooreface. <laughs> uh, and it's become a verbal shorthand because of how how much of an effect that Roger Moore's had on us and I'm sorry, I'm dying here. Um, I'm becoming more okay with that tone of that James Bond because his dynamics. Mm-hmm. Because if it was just one tone for Bond throughout all the history, it'd be a little boring.
1: Yes, but each each actor did bring their own unique uh, own unique James Bond to to each scene. I mean. I think I mean talk. we talked about this maybe on the podcast before I may have mentioned it in my uh, review um but like each James Bond is very different like Sean Connery is the entire package he's fierce he's dark he has his like little like suave comedic moments bon <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean I still think like shocking
0: uh, or like my, my favorite moment is in Goldfinger when he looks at his watch and lights is lighter, when he's lighting the cigarette, and that's when the bomb goes off, and he just closes the lighter, and everybody reacts, yeah. him. and I'm like, that's perfect. Yeah,
1: but then Roger Moore <laughs> brings that whole suave humor to it, like, kind of like, okay, this is, if you're a secret agent, you're gonna have a little fun doing doing stuff like that.
0: I mean, I love, like, in Live and Let Die, and the first time he says Bond James Bond, when he's at the, the back room of that, like, uh, while he's in Harlem, I'm like, who are you? My name is Bond. Crosses the room. James Bond. And he's just like he's in the most probably one of the most dangerous places he's ever been. You know yeah. what he is? Lily
1: white British man in heart in 1970s Harlem.
0: And you know what he does not have a, a lick of fear about him. And you're yep. just like like that's a man you can yeah. follow into battle.
1: And then um, you have uh, Timothy Dalton, which I, I'm a big defender of Timothy Dalton. As am I. Um, he has the darkness. He, he is probably the most dark James Bond out of all of them. And then you have Pierce Bronson, who goes back to the more suave, but he's also the more gadget-heavy James Bond.
0: Yeah, and, like, he he definitely seemed like he was the most, like, I guess, like, around people, I guess, my age, that kind of, like, think of Bond when Pierce Bronson comes up, or a little bit older than us, he was very desirable. Oh, he, yeah. He was the best-looking of all of them.
1: Yeah, well, oh, I, I completely, no homo agree to that.
0: Yes, I think, like, he, like, was the best-looking one, and... And I love the fact that, like, you look at Goldeneye, you look at Tomorrow Never Dies, you see how much more comfortable he is in Tomorrow Never Dies compared to Goldeneye. Yeah. Also, losing the mullet, kind of.
1: They were hair. just getting out. Of the, they, the were, they were just getting out of the eighties. Yes. And then you have then to wrap it up. You have Daniel Craig, who is the who is probably the most fierce out of all the James Bond, like physical presence. Yes. Like he's a brick shithouse. house. Yeah. So, but Roger Moore, if you didn't have that era of Roger Moore, which he has the most James Bond movies to his credit. Yes. um, That era, I feel like it was kind of needed because it was also towards the end of the Cold War. coming The Cold War, war was wrapping up, and it was kind of looking like America was going to pull out on top at that moment. Yeah. I mean, not until Timothy Dalton and Pierce Bronson did, America said, go fuck yourself, Russia. Yeah. So... But at that moment, it's kind of like, okay, like all this dark shit has happened in the 50s and 60s, but time the 70s comes around, it's like, and the uh, Vietnam War, maybe it's time to get a little bit more lighthearted.
0: Yeah, and, like, one of the best things is, like, you look at a montage of Bond, There's so many iconic moments that happened during Moore's era. Oh, so many. You have the corkscrew, car jump, and man with the golden gun, yes. minus the slide whistle. Even the yeah. slide whistle, like...
1: They did that in one take. Yeah. Because they didn't have another car, and they are like, we've got to get this right.
0: I mean, if you got that right, would you risk doing that again? No. Like, like, like you check the gate, <laughs> yeah, we're good. All Was we're it in off. focus? Yeah.
1: Okay, we're done. Um, but you have the alligator jumping. Yes. Um, you have the magnet watch unzip, unzipping a woman. True magnetism.
2: <laughs> and then, and, and,
0: and well, my favorite moments in Fury Eyes Only, where um, Locke is, like, getting away in his car, and uh, Morris running up the stairs and he reaches the top of the stairs and it's the, like, little archway mm-hmm. and he's going to run him down and, like, Morris gets that huge stance and he aims a gun at the car and it just zooms into his face. Like, that moment's in all the montages when it comes to Bond. Oh, yeah. And probably the most important stunt in all of James Bond. The ski jump in Aspire love Me. Yes. And that...
1: I feel like the stat stunt also gave birth to... a l- I mean, you have On Your Majesty's Secret Service, but that jumps specifically with the giant British flag parachute. Yeah. Um, that gave birth to Austin Powers right there.
0: Yeah, no, Austin Powers is total parody of Roger Moore Bond, specifically. Well, com-
1: specifically Roger Moore because of the goofiness, but it was also the style of George Lazenby. Yes. So,
0: and so, before we ramble on anymore, I would just say that Roger Moore will definitely be missed. We'll be, we'll be watching his movies from, from now, years wa-
1: what? I want to watch a James Bond movie now. He, that's why,
0: like, uh, last week, when, like, oh, oh two weeks ago, well, when it happened, I was like, I broke out my Bond collection, and you know, it was weird. I started with Spy, Man with the Golden, then I did Live It Like Die, I did in reverse the order of his first three movies. Yeah. And I didn't mean for it to like that, because I was like, like, because I thought, like, if I'm going to watch one, i got to watch arguably the best, and so I watched uh, yeah. Spy. I now, that.
1: let's be, Let's be honest here. Roger Moore in A View to a Kill... May have been too old for and it. And
0: even admits that. Yeah. And there are good parts to a view to a kill. I like the first half of it when he's undercover mm-hmm. with, uh, what's his name from the 60s show The Avengers, because, who plays, like, his, like, butler in that, uh... Oh,
1: I know who you're talking about. And, because like,
0: I love their comedic, uh...
1: The, um, their recording of them b- bickering at each other? Yeah,
0: they step out on the porch, or, or, or no, on the, like, legend, that's kind of, and they have their normal conversation there are good parts and bad parts to *A Beautiful Kill*, so <clears throat> I am so sorry, pe- people. Like I have something in no. the back of my throat here; it's it's slowly ch- suffocating me. It's
1: okay, but yeah, no. I mean, Roger Moore is very. I I do appreciate Roger Moore. Yes, in my personal opinion, the Roger Moore series series of movies and as a general whole of James Bond is rather on the goofier side, and I prefer the more darker James Bond movies. Right, but there's still. They're still classics and still well-deserved, and he acted... He had a lot of fun with the role, and he acted it to the best of his ability. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I don't know other stuff that he's been in besides Spice World. <laughs> well, he played a Bond villain pretty much in that. <laughs> so... And, and
0: Nikki still wants to do a movie night with yes, that. Yes, we, we have, have we, to
1: do we, Spice World. <laughs> yes, we gotta do it. Um,
0: but, yeah, I...
1: he He's gonna be missed. He definitely. was one of the... He's the first James Bond... To pass away. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because...
0: That's when now it's like, all right.
2: Who... who?
0: Like, I don't, we don't want to say who's next or anything like that, but it's, it brings up the question, like, all right, it's getting to that time where this is probably going to happen more frequently now, and yeah. I don't want that to happen.
1: Yeah. But... It's that It's it's a sad passing. Right. And it's he's an iconic actor.
0: Yeah. And my last point I want to say before we move on is that, like... Um, how I come around to the Roger Moore movies is kind of like how I think of 60s Batman. Yes, I agree to and that. It's like, because you go through that phase like where you experience it for the first time, and <clears throat> you just take it on face value. You enjoy what it is. You get into that kind of mature, like, adolescent stage where <clears throat> everything has to be dark and serious, and you're like, no, I'm not going to touch that. Mm-hmm. A few years later, you start to appreciate it more and more. Yeah. And you're like... Okay, I can appreciate it for what it is. That's why I can enjoy the Schumacher Batman movies or the 60s TV show and everything like that. So, final thoughts on Roger Moore? I, I'm going to miss him.
1: And it's to, and one of my favorite things, uh, when they hit the 50th anniversary, someone uh, compiled all the James Bond actors of their current age in the 50th all into like one bar scene together right and like all in tuxedos like all the james bonds and tuxedos at their current age and roger moore was there with his big glasses and everything like that you're going like oh roger
0: yeah and it just seemed like the sweetest person in the world and that's all i've heard about it and if you want to hear longer and probably much better tributes to this you look up uh brendan lowe who is part of his podcast the nightlife uh with k-n-i-g-h-t like batman like dark knight uh the nightlife pod like he who's all he's been a co-host on the holy Badcast. He does a fantastic, he did a fantastic tribute to, uh, Roger Moore, as well as James Bond radio, which is probably the best James Bond podcast out there. There's like a four hour long episode of, of a tribute to Roger Moore. Now what they do is a lot of times is like, you can call into the website and leave like a 90 second audio clip. They do that for like trivia and different, uh, segments for their show. Mm -hmm. They did like an hour's worth of the two hosts doing the tribute and the rest like, two and a half hours with just 90-second clips of people calling in giving in their Roger Moore tributes. And it's it's so heartwarming, and it's, like, tear-jerking, but it's really worth a listen. So I say, go check James Bond Radio and their Roger Moore tribute. It's fantastic. And my final words to say, hey, Roger, you were probably one of the earliest, like, depictions of what, like, a man should be in my life or anything. And you were James Bond for me for a very long time. And you the longest running James Bond and simply nobody did it better.
1: Yep, we raise a vodka Martini to you. Shaken, not, not stirred. Scary.
0: Goodbye, sir. Gone but not forgotten. 2017, and we are now nearly 20 years deep into a comic book renaissance of movies. We're gonna step back a little bit. We're gonna go back 15 years to
2: 2002.
0: (laughs) Oh my God, it's 2002! (gasps) Oh my God! Oh my God! God. Mocky mock!
1: My balls haven't dropped yet, Tim.
0: Neither
2: mine. Oh my God! (gasps) What's a girl?
0: <laughs> no, it's funny. There was one guy who used to be a co of mine, like, had, like, kind of, like, a high-pitched voice to begin with, and, like, he's maybe a year younger than me. And I wonder, like, all right, he's had puberty and everything, but I wonder, what did he sound like before he hit
1: puberty? Supersonic.
0: Yeah, he must have been, like, Black Canary <laughs> and just blow eardrums out wherever he only went. Only
1: dogs can hear him. Yeah, him and Superman and Superboy are the only people who can understand the frequencies they <laughs> communicate.
0: He's, like... He's, like, yelling across the room, and Superman's like, I don't care what you're doing with your laundry. I'm trying to save the world with the Justice League. Anyway, we're talking about Spider-Man. Spider-Man! Um, so we're going to be talking about Spider-Man in 2002.
1: It's also only a month away from Spider-Man Homecoming as well. Yeah,
0: so that's why we decided, uh, Dakota and I decided to look back at the same Raimi trilogy of Spider-Man movies leading up to that. So, Indeed. So expect the two sequels coming right after this as well. So. Hmm. Now, I knew specifically, since I know you're, you're my usual co-host for most of my shows, but Spider-Man specifically I knew you'd want to talk a lot <sighs> about because he is your second favorite comic book character, right?
1: I was thinking about this on the way over here. Batman is by far my favorite. Right. Spider-Man as a child was my absolute favorite, and he is a I, – but I have to give the edge to Batman now. But Spider-Man is just right there. Right he I love this character so much I've always have mm-hmm. and yeah every time spider-man's in, I mean I guess that's also a bunch of uh other comic book uh most comic book people do love spider-man yeah but he like growing up he has a spe- he just, it's Spy- Fucking you just spider-man right. I don't know how to articulate it even even more than I, he I absolutely loved him
0: right um it was funny like with the 1990s like rolling on like I became a fan of Spider-Man because of the Spider-Man animated show, mm-hmm. and this is kind of what I thought, like. Though that and the X-Men TV show kind of introduced me to Marvel up until because before that it was just Superman and Batman for me because of Christopher Reeve and the Superman movies and the Batman four movies that they made and everything. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because of the lackluster Batman and Robin that kind of led me to enjoying Blade when it came out in ninety-seven, X-Men and in two thousand. And it's funny because you yeah, have Superman the movie in 1979.
1: Or no, 78. hmm Uh, Superman the movie? Yes. Uh, I'll 78. Your...
0: 78 because. Fuck. Oh my god. I'm, I'm having a kind of like a. 78. 78. Because I'm like, if, I'm, I think it was it's like a year after. It has to be a year after Star Wars because John Williams did that right next. Sorry, folks, there for my uh, moment of hesitation there. Then you had Batman 89, when came out in 1989. And then you had the few, like, kind of attempts at Marvel movies in between, like, the Fantastic Four and the Captain America. It's like, oof. And you have Batman Robin in 97 just kind of, like, sinks uh, Warner Brothers for, like, a like the goddamn Titanic like, Yes, the the comic book movies. New Line Center puts out Blade, which is kind of like a D-list character for Marvel at the beginning, but you didn't even know that's a comic book movie. You didn't even probably recognize the Marvel logo initially at the beginning of the movie.
1: Nope. And then Spawn.
0: Yep, yeah, Spawn, which was which was Image, which was not a financial success, but has its fans. Yeah. 2000, you have... After, well, you go on. <laughs> you have X-Men, mm-hmm. which... X-Men was a household name, and they were like, wow, the X-Men, they made a pretty successful movie. Yeah. But they did not look like that comic book character. They had the black leather suits and everything like that, so they were barely, definitely changed from their comic book counterparts to becoming the big screen. Right. It wasn't until 2002 where... Full color glory. We see Spider Man web crawling and web shooting and crawling up all up and down in New York City. Where you're like, that's a true superhero. Right and there.
1: he did not have spoons for eyes.
0: No, he did not have spoons. For- <laughs> We're not talking about the '70s. Oh God, <laughs> <clears throat> Nicholas Hammond TV show.
1: I just want to fight this guy. Do you mind if I just pass by? Yeah, I was supposed to fight you so you could stop. But go ahead, Spider Man. You're cool. Thanks, guys.
0: If you want to, if you want to hear a very funny take on the '70s Spider-Man, Oliver Harper, who's been a guest on this show in the past, him, him and his two friends Richard and Duncan do video specials where they make fun of <coughs> bad movies sometimes, and they did the 90-minute pilot to the, that Spider-Man show, yes. it is hilarious. What anyway. did you first hear about the 2002 Spider-Man movie?
1: I honestly don't know. I had I, because in t- 2002 I was in 5th grade. Mm-hmm. Um and obviously the commercials for that started in 2001 because some of the some of the trailers had Spider-Man taking out like a helicopter full of criminals and uh stringing up up between the tw- twin tw- towers th- which we'll
0: get to later. I won't bring that up. Later.
1: Um so that was in 2001 so I had to be in 4th grade when I first heard it coming out. Right, But I don't specifically remember remember hearing about it i remember i was obviously was excited i saw it in theaters Mm -hmm. so i don't Uh, so i just don't specifically remember when they announced it
0: gotcha and i remember like being excited for it because i liked x-men and i'm like spider-man coming to the big screen of course i'm gonna be excited for it yeah well well, (laughs) i mean
1: everyone was like oh my god spider-man
0: yeah exactly and i remember it's funny i saw That I saw a lot of the Marvel movies in one theater specifically very early on, same Regal cinema in Ron because I saw X-Men there. I saw Spider-Man there. I saw X-2 there. I saw Hulk there. Um, I saw a bunch of them and especially with one group of people like my neighbors. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing Spider-Man opening night and just being blown away because I was really pumped for it because I enjoyed X-Men, but Spider-Man blew the doors off like nobody's business and I was like, wow. Right. Now, let's get into the movie itself. Um love the opening like uh credits and everything and like with the spiders and everything with and, and all the credits built into the webs and everything. That was great. And it's got like it's kept very reminiscent to X-Men with how the DNA how everything mm-hmm. being built and everything, like how how mutations go uh, changing the DNA sequences and the only thing was missing was Mr. DNA <laughs> and uh Dino DNA Dino DNA to change things and everything. K- and they K- like, chaos Theory. Uh, chaos Theory. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was trying to do my damnedest not to have that laugh on the uh, show, uh, but, like, of course not.
2: Uh, no, like, back doing the behind... Uh,
0: I'm cutting kind of the behind the scenes for the... So i going to be going up tomorrow for the shoot that we did uh, two weeks ago. And, like, hear myself... Uh, 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 and I'm uh, like, God! <laughs> damn it! So I'm pissed about that. Okay. So we're just to Peter Parker in a voiceover, which is, like, something, like, very comic book-like. Uh, and we don't get it that often in comic book movies, but that's how the movie opens. How this movie—it's how it bookends the movie with his yeah. narration. We're introduced to Peter running after the school bus as, as the bus driver is acting like every meat ice yeah. cube, every meat ice cube
1: driver. The, the, thinks, the oh. kid is banging on the bus, and you have the bus driver looking at his uh, side view mirror, giggling to himself.
2: Yeah, just like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <solo>. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have Mary Jane force the bus to stop. Yeah, she's been the sensible person on the bus. Peter gets <laughs> on, and you realize something. Now, I was not a popular person in school. Neither was I. I had my I had my share of friends and everything. A small group. I didn't. I uh, know. <laughs> That's what we're making up for it right now. Barely.
2: Fuck you, you! You're just one friend! <laughs>
0: Not that, I do, not that I don't
1: appreciate you. This is like the episode of uh, the Hounds of uh, Bakersville and Sherlock. How so? Where Sherlock accidentally insults uh, Wat, um, Watson. Mm-hmm. And it's like ah. and he oh, does a backwards apology.
0: Well, like, oh, like a backhand compliment or something like yeah, that? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, jeez! But um, it's <clears throat> this moment where they nailed the persona of what Peter Parker is. Yes. Which is a dweeb.
1: Yeah, a loser, kind of like, you know.
0: And, like, it's the point that where, no matter how much of a loser you feel, Peter's always worse. Yes. And I think that really, it gets on on our side. It gets him on, us on his side Mm for the rest of the movie. Yep. Because he's walking down the middle of the school bus. He has this Forrest Gump moment. Like seats taken, nobody's gonna let him sit down. and Everything. Like right. That.
1: Yeah. And then someone ends up tripping him, and he falls flat on his face
2: and yeah, the bus. And...
0: what an asshole. Yeah. And so, and then we are we get because we're going on a field trip. Yeah. Shut up.
1: Oh. I don't. Th- that public school had someone had to know somebody. I mean, no wait. no, Obviously. um... Harry Os- Osborn w- went to school with them, right?
0: Yeah, because he got kicked out of every private school.
1: Private school—that's why they got a tour. Uh, uh, yeah, now the brain works. That's why they the got a- that. Shut up. Yeah. That's why they got a tour of Oscorp because Harry Osborn w- went to school there.
0: But they never—they never toured Oscorp though.
1: What lab was that then?
0: I thought it was just a regular—a
1: regular lab that's testing muta- spider
0: mutations. Yeah, because I like because why wouldn't Osborn just go into the building?
1: I don't know, but... Yeah, no, what? what it, I always assumed it was Oscorp.
0: No. The fuck, a, movie? No, because it was just, like... Just some uh, random... Are you telling me there's only one laboratory in Manhattan? Well, if it's fucking Oscorp, like...
1: It, it's either Stark Industries or Oscorp in Marvel.
0: It could have been Stark Industries. We don't know.
1: So, fuck you.
0: Tony Stark has the hands and everything. Yeah. Hey, just like we have in Spider-Man Homecoming. We'll get to that later. spider man 4! <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, so... Yeah, we're excited for that movie. I very know. excited. And so, we get that line of, like, never be ashamed of who you are if um, Norman says that to Harry. Mm-hmm. And never hide who you truly are. I just find it funny from, coming from a guy who's going to be wearing a mask for a good portion of the movie and has dual personalities.
1: Well, when he was delivering that line, he didn't at the moment.
0: No. And I, I find this weird. How long has Harry and Peter been friends at this point when he's introducing Peter to his father at this point?
1: I mean, the normal story is they've been friends forever. Yes. And this, I think it's be, they're not they haven't been friends for long. No. It's like when he was friends with Harry, he became friends with Harry as soon as Harry went to public school.
0: Yeah, because he had nobody else to be friends with.
1: Yeah, and Harry is not exactly the most sociable of people. No, he's just rich.
0: No, and it's funny like this is the movie I got introduced to James Franco, same as Harry Osborn, and as well as Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker. I mean. Mm-hmm. And William Dafoe here. Oh my God, William
2: Dafoe! We'll
1: get to him.
0: Yes.
2: Um,
0: and so we get we get we get the first inclination of uh, Harry of Peter's uh, longing for it to have to be with Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. We see him get bit by a spider that was being that, the 50, a red and blue spider specifically. Yeah, the, the, the mutant spiders between all the kind of other species that's being experimented on there. Mm-hmm. Now. I I've always like when I've gotten hurt and stuff like that and it's like nothing not that big of a deal. I'll to keep that to myself. However, I'm in a super laboratory with mutated spiders. Something bit me. Like
2: help help lawsuit lawsuit. Look at my goddamn head!
1: It, uh, specific, uh, especially after uh the whoever's giving the tour, they were to- they mentioned the number of spiders yeah. and Mary Jane like contradicts her. There's, there's one missing. And then the woman goes, oh,
0: they must be working on that. They must really working on that.
1: Like, when did you at that moment, like, Jesus God. Christ! Look at
0: my hand! <laughs> like I got from Casino when they took the hammer to that man's hand. He's like, Look, look at my look hand, 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 man! Now <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> was imagining Peter Parker be held down and think a tack hammer right to his hand for stealing spiders out of that laboratory. <laughs> And then you Harry in.
1: It's like you, you either have two options: you keep the money, you walk, uh, and you walk out like he him. You get the money, and you're in fr- your in fr- your fine. I, I just want to get out of here. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, Troll him outside. Tell him he's going hit by a school bus. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the
0: greatest crossover ever between <laughs> <laughs> casino and Spider Man. Woo! Oh boy! And then we cut to real Oscorp. Mm. And we see the glider being tested out, and that they're under observation of the government officials who are in charge of the contract that they've given Oscorp to develop new technology for the military. Yeah. And he's given an ultimatum, either the, the super soldier serum, we won't call it the super soldier serum, uh, <laughs> it's pretty much that though. It was. Like, either develop that in two weeks or we pull your contract. And one of your scientists is saying you're going back to formula. So I don't have that much faith for you. Back
2: to formula.
0: Formula. (laughs) That's one of many lines of this movie I realized that is totally quotable, even to this day. Oh, yeah. And I've quoted it for years because of it. I feel for Norman in this situation.
1: You're going to lose a multi billion dollar contract, and and you're given, like, all the delays have started to add up, and, like, now. The per, the contractor is impatient with you and they're gonna pull it. All your funding, all that research is going to and like which is probably billions of dollars on itself, is gonna go unfunded. Yeah. Your company is in trouble. Yeah. Of course yeah, you feel for him and then he's gonna take the stupid risk of fuck it. We're gonna start human testing on me right now. Yeah. And I mean I guess that's one way to kill yourself if like, okay, that's failed. Company's bankrupt. Norman, uh, Norman Osborne is dead.
0: Yes. <laughs> oh, my son! though. <laughs> so, what happens is later that night, Norman takes the serum himself. So it's at night because it's more dramatic that way. Yeah, but it's never
1: nine to five when there's actual people around.
0: Would you want to do that with the other people around?
1: If yes, because now I would actually have a fully staffed medical team.
0: Yes, and because it definitely seems a little unethical at this point, And then just beg the question: that there, are, why aren't there security cameras there? There's never security.
1: This was shot pre nine eleven, so there's no cameras anywhere.
0: No, I'm saying like I I, I guess it's because they have trade secrets within Oscorp itself. That's why they didn't have cameras in that R and D department, which is true. But because Norman takes the serum, goes into cardiac arrest. Yes. The scientist who says it has to go back to formula, revives um, Norman, attempts
1: to revive him.
0: He wait. Uh, Norman comes back. Trosses him through a goddamn window into a computer unit, killing him. hmm And then leaps to the camera, snarls. <sighs> and then leaps off. At the same time, Peter gets home. We introduce Aunt May and Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. And... Two-pud... Like, casting is perfect at this point. Oh, yeah. And I think... Especially Cliff Robinson as Uncle Ben. And... He's just been laid off of his job and he has to figure out what he's going to do with the situation to keep that family afloat. And like Aunt May is just like, you know, worry. We've been through tough situations before. We'll get through it again. So Peter comes home. He's like, hey, I'm going to go straight to bed and everything. Like, oh, don't you want dinner? Don't you want a bite? No, I already got one. Hey,
1: Michelangelo, we're going to be uh, doing uh, the. Oh, that was later?
0: That's the following day. Oh, damn it. But, Jumping uh, ahead here. Who plays uh, Aunt May?
1: Uh, Rosemary Harris.
0: Rosemary Harris. Oh, the MVP of these movies. Oh, I, I have to give, give the heart back. and soul. Yes. And so Peter goes to bed, has trippy nightmares. Kind of reminds me of the time when I got sick while I was at school. Or when, your
1: latest fever dreams. Yeah,
0: and when, like it was like it was fever dreams. And everything and, like you, I could feel colors and everything. It was just like vibrant. And then like like I don't want, I want to take that footage of him like freaking out and just put um. Uh, magic carpet ride by the Gets You <najwię puns> underneath that scene is like, is like go harder. I just happened like freaking out and like, and I love that the spider bite is just growing to like an exponential size. Oh it's my like, god, it's like a golf ball at I'm that point. Like, and like, since that person who's like dealt with like acting and everything, it's one of those like, just please just pop it, pop it. Like, oh, I know it's gross and everything, but it's gonna, it's gonna shoot webbing everywhere. But
1: yeah. Or a tiny, or, a free, or a nightmare scenario, a tiny little spider's oh, to crawl out oh, of Oh,
0: oh, 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 God, no. Jesus <laughs> Christ, no. No, because it happened in one of my favorite horror movies, The Mist, where <sighs> a soldier wakes up in, like, spider webs, and he's like, I can feel him inside me, and he... Spiders hatch out of him. Yeah. And they crawl out of every orifice, and you're like, oh, God, no. Well, that
1: it, that does happen every now and then, yeah. which is fucked up.
0: Yeah, which always feel a little weird sometimes in the morning when my ear's a little clogged up and everything, so I'm just like, is there anything in there besides wax? Anyway. <laughs> Moving on. Peter Parker discovers he has powers.
1: Well, or- he wakes up and can't see anything. No. Well, he wakes up, puts glasses on, and then can't see anything.
0: Yes, he can all of a sudden see. He's he's in tremendous shape.
1: Oh yeah, like he went from this. Oh, I love that shot because we when he goes to bed, you see how frail, frail and skinny he is. Yeah, when he wakes up, he's jacked.
0: Yes, I mean it's not like to the point where it looks kind of like how in the recent Power Rangers movie, like how jacked those kids were, but like he's in. Pretty damn good shape, if if I say so myself. In
1: shape that you would think, yeah, Spider-Man would be in, like, shape like that. Yeah. Because Spider-Man has never been, like, a heavy, heavy lifter. He was always more on the slender side. Yes. And that's exactly what we got.
0: Right. And we're introduced to, like, how we're, like, when, um, he's going to school, and that's when Uncle Ben mentions, like, hey, we're painting later, Michelangelo. don't worry, I'll be there. Yeah. I'm totally not, um... I'm totally not setting this up to be failed later.
2: Yay.
0: And we just have to, like, he misses the bus again, not paying attention. And his hand gets stuck to the kind of uh, hand-painting, like, mascot that's on the side of the bus. Finds his hand is sticking to everything. Later on in the lunchroom, uh, MJ almost trips on uh, spilled orange juice.
1: Yeah, she slips on, like, something wet, and then her food and stuff goes in the air, and his spire senses is the first time he realizes he has, like, these senses where everything is slowed down. Yeah. And he catches her, and then one-handedly stacks all the food onto her tray.
0: Which was done in camera. Yeah. 156 takes. Yeah.
1: (laughs) At one point, do you think they were like, okay, fuck it, CGI.
0: Well, it's funny that you mention that because Sam Raimi wanted to do this as much practical as possible. He had Ooh. never done a digital-heavy movie before, You're right? And the, which I
1: do appreciate because the movie looks great.
0: Yeah, I mean, the special effects supervisor John uh, uh, Dysax, i think—I think that's his name, like push Raven to do more digital effects is going. Mm-hmm. And there are digital effects that work, really work with it, and there's some digital effects that... It was still just, early 2000, so... Yeah. I mean, granted, you are coming out post The Matrix. Yes. But The Matrix had I think a little bit of... Had similar budgets. Yeah. And everything. But I think because... I think Spider-Man had like a, a budget of like 130 and I think The Matrix had something very similar to that. However... Major did shoot in Australia. It was,
1: was 140.
0: Was, which, which is what?
1: 140 million dollars for Spider-Man. Yeah. Okay. Let and,
0: me see the Matrix and the Matrix. I think may have been a little, a little over 100, but that was shot in Australia. So they probably had a, kind of a tax benefit production-wise shooting there. That
2: was
1: whoa. What? 63 million. Whoa.
0: Whoa. <gasps> <laughs> Didn't mean to do that. Anyway, back to Spider-Man and. Mary Jane's like, wow, you're good to catch everything, and then... Nice reflexes. And, like, more power starts to develop. He ends up shooting his first web at a tray of food in front of him, and he yanks it towards him, and he dodges it as it comes flying towards his face, and hits Flash Thompson, Mary Jane's boyfriend, behind him. In the back of the head. In the back of the head, and he perceives that Parker just threw that at him. Yeah. He follows Parker out into the locker, into the Because now he's
1: dragging the tray with him because he can't get the web off of it. Right.
0: And they proceed to have a fight, or Flash tries to have a fight.
1: Yeah, but because of Peter's spider senses, he's able to dodge.
0: And it's funny, do you know who that actor is who plays Flash Thompson? Uh, I
1: just saw it. Um, Joe
0: Manganiello? Yeah. He's going to be playing Deathstroke in the upcoming Batman movie. So we have Deathstroke versus Spider-Man in this movie. Holy shit. Exactly. (laughs) I'm watching it, and I'm like, holy shit, this is Jester versus Spider-Man in this movie. Like, that was, like, I wrote it out, like, specifically. And
1: for those who aren't totally, like, sure who he was, he was Big Dick Richie in Magic Mike XXL.
0: Of course. I mean, a classic role. Who, who would
1: forget about that? Uh, uh, such role, such... They're going to, like... Imagine he becomes, like, a like, uh, praised uh, actor and, like, to celebrate his, like, acting career at the Oscars. And who can forget his role? As Big Dit Gritch in Magic Mike XXL. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's great movie. Yes. Great work of cinema.
0: Now, one the and, like, Peter uses a sentence, beats up Flash, and... The, it only,
1: doesn't he only throw one punch?
0: Yeah, he's one punch, man. Eh? <laughs> and just <laughs> one punch... Or or like Batman Guy Garner, one punch. That's all it took to knock mm. Guy Garner the fuck out of Justice League International. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I love that like how they keep it, is that like the powers that that Peter develops is kind of like an allegory for his puberty. It, essentially,
1: it is Same thing essentially X Men with air like mutations. Yes. And well, with X Men that wasn't that was a little bit more announced because once they hit like once our bodies do hit puberty that's when all their mutations started to hit right however peter is well past puberty at this point yeah and but it is essentially like ha- going through puberty again because you're it's all these like your body is handling all these new things that it can do
0: right and then even like something that kind of like uncle ben alludes to it later on when they're their last time they're speaking to each other yeah. um and like i was saying before like how this movie's that Spider-Man has all these iconic moments, like, how could you forget the first time he crawls up the wall? Oh, you cannot, that was, he almost, boom, boom, boom. And Danny Elfman's, like, music mirrors him climbing yeah. up. Oh, so good, and then, woohoo, and then the next thing is him jumping rooftop to rooftop, and just like, yes! And you're like, this is the Spider-Man we've been wanting to see on the screen for years, and, and thankfully he, he can do it. And then,
1: uh, who can, another quotable thing. Uh, he's trying to shoot a web out, and it's like, uh, go web, go,
2: fly, fly,
0: up, up, and away,
1: web, shazam! shazam.
0: <laughs> That's where he got struck by lightning, and he became Captain Marvel all of a sudden. <laughs> it, who
1: knew? Spider Man and Captain Marvel in the same person? Oh,
0: holy cow! Nobody not even Like
1: he's tr- trying to figure out how to shoot his webs out, and he finally manages to get the iconic, uh, the iconic hand motion to get. To shoot the web and manage to f- catch it at the same time.
0: Right. Now. Traditionally, Spider-Man had the web shooters that he built, and he had web cartridges.
1: Yeah, it depends on which ver- ver- version of Spider-Man you want to go because it's like about fifty-fifty.
0: Yeah, some I mean, after after this movie, it became part of continuity for sure. Yeah, which was we re- read re- later retcon in Spider-Man One More Day, which is a terrible comic, by the way. I haven't but read it, but okay. It was that was one of James Cameron's first idea- ideas for this movie back yeah. in the nineties. Well, it, because it
1: was done before. It was, well, I guess it was done before? I don't know. But, I mean, the animated, the Spider-Man animated show, he had, like, the cartridge shooter. Yes. Um, and then we can't, obviously can't forget uh, Scarlet Web um, had the, ex- on the exterior of his suit, which right. is now something that you'll see in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yes. Um, but when it first happened to where he's actually producing it, producing the web from his own wrist, I didn't have a problem with that. No. I mean, it was yeah. kind of cool because it adds to the fact that he's been enhanced by a spider. Yes. Spiders produce webs.
0: And, and, like, it solves so much issues because, like, if you can build web cartridges and mm-hmm. a web shooter like that, and that technology, why the hell is he poor?
1: Because that's Peter Parker. But, Though, it does add some humor. At, wait, okay, just remind me. In The Amazing Spider-Man... He did, built it. He built it. But <laughs> there was some humor into building it, especially yes. in The second in, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 where he's like, trying to make it electric proof yeah. and ends up blowing himself up. Yes. But it, and, but it also takes away that whole thing. I mean, in the second, in the second, uh, Remy, uh, movies, he does have problems shooting the webs, but in like the previous comics with the web shooters and everything like that, he runs out web cartridges and it's like, Oh shit.
0: Yeah. There was elevated tension coming from that when he runs out and you're like, okay, how's he going to get it out of the situation? Mm-hmm. I think it just saves so much time within the context of this series that's just organic.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: while, I've got
1: to shoot some.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. That's what I thought. So while he's gallivanting around the city. Nice word. Yeah. I mean, how often are we use gallivanting in a sentence? We find out that Norman has no memory of what happened last night because he ends up back at his penthouse and that mm. the glider that they've been is developing is stolen, stolen like a wheelchair and IT crowd. Um, uh, <laughs> wait, wait, did he go after the
1: government officials
0: yet? Not yet. Okay, thank you. Uh and that the the other doctor is dead. Dead? Dead. 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 D E D dead. Oh god. Oh god, oh god. And so Peter gets home the painting that he was supposed to do Yeah, he gets home
1: event, really late.
0: Yeah. Because when be you honest, yeah, of course! I would be, like, flying around the city all the time. Which he in. does,
1: but he crashes into a billboard.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would probably, like, all right, shake it off. Like, how? Many, like if you hop a fence, you hurt yourself. Like, all right, let, let me not do that again. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll try harder the more next time. Gr-
1: yeah, more graceful next time.
0: Yeah, of course. And he was late to not being there to help Uncle Ben paint the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, we have seen between Mary Jane and Peter Parker. Now, a lot of people criticize... Mary Jane and Peter's relationship in these movies. Do you think that criticism is really valid? At, at least in this, within the context of this movie.
1: In the context of this movie, um, I mean they they don't get together in this movie. They share no. a kiss at the end of the movie. Yeah, but that doesn't. But in the second movie, they're not together. They're not boyfriend. They're not dating. No, but it is. a I mean, you have to go watch the entire movie to really get it, but like the the relationship is based on there the two relationship is based on he was she's the girl next door he was in love with her forever she knows of Peter yeah but she, she preferred getting saved by Spider Man yeah so the, there's nothing there of substance other than. Oh my God! You're a superhero who saved me and like kissed me upside down. Which I want to talk about that whole scene later. Yeah, more for the pop culture aspect of it. But it, yeah, you can totally criticize in the in the in this movie specifically. Their relationship is total bullshit. It's based off of kind of him being. She doesn't know him until nobody knew who I was until well, I put on the, the mask. mask. So. There, yeah,
0: Yeah, but it's also kind of like a Lois Lane Superman thing. Because, she, because Lois Lane, for the longest time, did not care about Clark whatsoever, but was enamored by Superman.
1: <clears throat> I still have to write my thesis on uh, Metropolism. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, I listened to a podcast in their uh, Real Fantasy Review movies when they did their Kong Skull Island review. Mm-hmm. The actor who played Dr. Drain in. Um, the Straight Outta Compton movie, is a scientist in that movie in yeah. Kong. And the coast didn't recognize him because he had a pair of glasses on. And Andy's like, Oh, you see? I told you. You put a pair of glasses on somebody. You cannot recognize Th- there him. There is
1: actually a symptom for that. Really? Yeah, well, it's not common. I mean, apparently um, they did run, ran a test... Um, a few years back where they had showed people the image of a person and the, the same person with a pair of glasses on and 19% of the people shown couldn't recognize between the two. Really? Yeah. But it was only a sample size of like a hundred people. So 19 of a hundred. But that it's like, okay, but the scale it up in like only like out of a city of like 1 million people, uh, what, like, um, um, 190,000 people would yeah. not recognize who Clark Kent was. Yeah. But that makes no sense. Right. It still doesn't make sense, but... At least there's some scientific, like, theories. Well, to. Yeah.
0: So Anyway, um, going back. Peter just decides, like, do you know what? I need a car to get Mary Jane. And sees an ad for some cheap cars in the back of the newspaper. And... A advertisement for $3,000 if you can survive three minutes in a wrestling match.
1: Isn't it like Royal Rumble or something? Like no,
0: that? it definitely seems like a very... Okay. Yeah, this is how you know... This, like movie, this, is, how,
1: this is where the, you being a WWE fan comes in.
0: This is how you know this movie's dated. Like they're offering $3,000 for any indie show in in America these days. They're so like, bullshit, nobody's payoff is like that. Like this is, like this is a bygone era at this point. Oh, yeah. And it's definitely like... All right, this is definitely a post-WCW... World, because shot in two thousand one at this point, wCW is pretty much on on their last ropes and everything like that. And wWE was going to be the only dominant um, American uh, wrestling corporation. It was still wWF a- at that point though. Yes. They hadn't been changed over the WWE yet. Um, that's why, hell, that's why we even have Randy Savage. He's a WCW guy until the very end. I mean, like... boom
2: is ready.
0: We'll get to Randy Savage in a second. Step into a Slim Jim. <laughs> Step into a Slim Jim! <laughs> right, hold, hold, yeah. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We have a montage of him training. You're the best! we had the first introduction of dr pepper into like the marvel movies because like if you watch marvel movies the early 2000s dr pepper was everywhere uh, yeah. they're still everywhere i mean hell i even see dr pepper in batman v superman like at one point i'm like yeah. ah, dr pepper's still there um anyway and so he builds his own handmade he he designs his own suit he has uncle ben drive he's gonna go to the wrestling match uncle ben drives him Peter lies saying he's going to the library when he's actually going to this wrestling match. If he can survive three minutes, you get $3,000 to get the car, to get the woman. Seems simple enough. However,
1: you get the iconic scene before that.
0: Yeah, and like Cliff Robinson acts his, both of them act their ass on this so scene. it's so good. And it's a scene where it's like, you're going through changes and I know how you're dealing. He's like, no, you don't know. I'm like, no, dad, you don't know how I'm feeling. <laughs> it was totally like, I- I'm 18 years old, Best I hate my remember. dad moment right there. That's remember, Peter. Great power great responsibility
1: maybe it's because that that, that phrase has been it's been hammered down but that was like the first
0: time real time it resonated so well
1: it it did resonate even to the every audience member that like forever remembered um what's his Cliff Robinson Cliff Robinson delivering that line yeah because it felt the most genuine yeah
0: and then and then you obviously have uh Peter
2: going
0: (laughs) you're not my dad yeah and it's, and am and like watching it today before you came over, and I'm like, oh,
2: don't say that, don't say that,
0: you're gonna you're gonna regret it, and you're gonna you're gonna be mad. You're mad now, you're gonna regret it later. Listen, you tell him, oh fuck, you get back in that car, you are fucking a bullshit. You give him a hug, you give him the world's biggest hug, and you say you're sorry. You say you're a fucking cocksucker. You fuck. Okay, that's a little far, but okay. Well, in New York, that's like saying you're just an idiot. Well, that's true. <laughs> so. <laughs> So we have to see Bruce Campbell introduce all the wrestlers before he deals with Bonesaw. I like that he like Peter.
1: You don't actually see Peter Parker's co- uh, costume, yet, no. But you see like he's walking up to like the stage and like oh like nice costume. Where yeah. like some like some snarky comment about his costume, and then you see some guy in like being stretched off of them. my legs. I
0: can't feel <laughs> my legs. <laughs> And so and of course, like since Sam Raimi directed this movie, he cut his teeth with the Evil Dead series. So Bruce Campbell's in all three movies and cameos. Even held the car that's in all the Evil I, Dead movies is Uncle Ben's car in this movie, the seventy three. I did not one. know that. Yeah. Like if you I, I put on the Evil Dead, that's the car they take to drive in the cabin. It's Uncle Ben's car.
1: I, I don't remember him in the second or third one.
0: He in the second one, he is the Usher. The snooty usher won't let him into the play. And three is the major D. Who's trying to get help him uh, propose to Mary Jane? Oh, uh, gotcha, okay. Yeah. And, like, I'm the human spider. Human spider, man, that sucks. Sucks. <laughs> They're
1: introducing
2: Spider Man. The amazing
1: Spider Man. The amazing Spider Man. That's not my name. Don't get my
2: room. Get out there, you idiot.
1: And
0: so he faces Bonesaw in a cage match. And I love that moment where it's like that one extra <laughs> stands up in the frame and just screams, "Change!" And it's like I didn't sign up for a cage match, and but then Randy Savage's like, "Hey freak show, I got you for three minutes. Three minutes. You're, You're going nowhere. I got three. I got you for three minutes of playtime." because snap tube like a Slim Jim. He's in this movie for less Ooh, than five minutes, yeah. and, like, I still <laughs> quote Bonesaw to this day. He, his delivery is just amazing. Like, Bonesaw Star is ready. Well, well, that's, like, how all his oh promos were for his entire career. If only it was Macho Man. <laughs> he, he pretty much was. He was just pretty, like, Macho Man in, like, just legal reasons. That's why yeah. he was Bonesaw. Yeah. And so, how... How
1: awesome would Bonesaw be in
0: the WWE? I mean, as Randy said, I was playing Bonesaw? Yeah. yeah I mean, it would have been awesome. As like a complete different character from Majo Macho Man. Man. Oh, yeah, it would be perfect. I mean, i I I'd definitely get behind him. And I'll tell you the reasons why he was never brought back into the WWF. I'll tell you that later. Yeah. Um, I think you told me this several times. Uh, so Peter beat, and it's a shoot match. It's that k where they're pulling their punches. Like, no, it's a legit I played a competition between the two of them oh yeah well, chair shots included yeah and so Peter pins him in two minutes he goes to collect his money He collects his money he's given $100. a hundred bucks that's three thousand dollars that's three minutes you pin him it. in two so that you get a hundred bucks okay if that was the real logic he should have been given two thousand dollars i'm like and i'm like i'm watching it now i'm like Peter just slap the ever living shit out of him! And it's like,
1: well, the, that's not what you guys uh, like. And it's like he mentions something, like then the guy darkly comes back with, him. That's, "That's not, not my, my job. Pro-
0: that's not my issue. That's not my problem. It's not my problem." So he takes the money and leaves. When he's leaving, somebody else is going into the office. Yeah. And it's the robber pulling out a silver Beretta to hold up the place. Put the money in the bag. Peter goes to the elevator, calls for it. You hear a struggle in the uh, uh, office, in mm-hmm. the Booker's office, back down the hallway. The robber leaves. Security guard. In. Stop that guy! Peter could stop him. Doesn't. Lets him take the elevator. The robber thanks him, and he leaves. Yeah. The Booker's like, "Hey, you could have tore him apart. Now he's get away with my money."
1: Sorry, that's not my issue. It's like, oh. the but the the, the guy looks at him like, like almost like, like too, almost touche. Yeah. Like all
0: right.
2: Yeah. I like, see how it is.
1: Just a little side note about the whole like put the money in the bad guy. Yeah. For some reason, ever since that movie, I have been quoting this one line. Like, total same scenario, except what happens is the guy was a little bit, like, soft in the head. Mm-hmm. Goes in there, co- cocks the bird, and goes, put the sea monkeys in the bag. <laughs> sea monkeys? Put the sea monkeys in the bag. Like, I was quoting that with Zach the other night. Just, like, he walks in, and I'm like, hey, put the sea monkeys in the bag. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I
0: mean, how would you react? to like, ah, okay. Sh-
1: I have all this money, but you want tiny shrimp? Sea monkeys. Sea monkeys. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but like I don't know why that I've cre- I created that, and we're 15 years removed of this movie. And I'm still quote, making that dumb joke.
0: <sighs> You're going nowhere. You're going nowhere.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, that hurt.
0: Okay, now I can tell. okay. Back to back to the action. So, Peter goes outside, finds out that somebody uh, got gone. carjacked, and finds out this is jacking. It was not Nico Bellic. No, it was not, not
1: Nico Bellic.
0: Even those guys kind of just like somebody who could be like Nico Bellic. Could be. Uh, it was Uncle Ben oh. who got shot after being carjacked. Yeah. And tries to talk to Pierre. And now in this scene, that's where it gave birth to the Toby Maguire cry face. Yes.
1: In context, it's
0: oh, it yeah, it works. It works in context. And I kind of feel
1: bad that that became a meme. Yeah yeah
0: and but I'm like like of course I've used that cry face in conversation online to illustrate a, a point to make fun of somebody or a situation yeah and I' kind of felt a little guilty about that watching to see it again I was like oh because
1: it because actually the you feel Peter's Anguish here, yeah, because you actually kind you got to know Peter and Uncle Ben, especially you got to know Uncle Ben because of just the performance that was given right you felt like your your own uncle just died yes, and yeah, you were totally with him when he like as he was dying his last breath was Peter Peter and he passes away and then
0: Peter knew what the fuck to do he goes after the carjacker chases him down we get to see him finally swing on webs across the city he finally gets that down. Lands on the Oldsmobile, finds him in uh, the warehouse. Yeah, like on, the, on the docks. Uh, docks. Okay, he beats the living crap out of this guy. Rightfully so, and but that, he holds back. He does, and, but he does like. The question is, like, like he at one point he the guy tries to get out like one of the exits and the doors are locked and there are two like big metal doors with tiny square windows. That's the only thing. Yeah, and Peter grabs him. Smashes his head through one, pull, yanks him back, smashes his head through the second one, and then breaks his arm later.
1: Mm-hmm. He does get the gun pointing in his face, and then that's when he breaks his arm.
0: Right. Does he go too far? He doesn't kill him. No. And he then- had
1: the restraint. The guy does end up dead. Yeah. But that was because the guy was stumbling backwards, twisted his ankle on the rotting floor, then fell out a window and hit the pier below.
0: Which is total comic book logic, like, guy fell off a cliff. Yeah. I like it. But... I didn't kill you, but I didn't have to save you. Yeah. I mean, like... I'm bad, bad. Um, Maybe it was just, like, how brutal the sound design was in that scene that made Oh, it that sound
1: good. design was really, like...
0: <laughs> yeah, and, like, and, just like, and like that... rock ah! Whack! Like, oh, it's like, like the
1: born identity shared, like it sound, like it sound studio.
0: Right, like, and I'm mean, not saying like I'm, I'm all for like dude, like, cowboy movies. You're supposed to beat the living shit mm-hmm. out of them. That's why I, like, I have no problem with the Martha rescue at BVS, where like he's throwing fully <laughs> like giant crates at dudes' heads at and that like,
1: watching them bleed
0: out and mean, know, like, down the wall. Yeah, and I do, love, I love the fact where like at one point in that in that scene where somebody does grab Batman's cape and does, like... No capes! No capes! <laughs> I, lo- I love that moment. Uh, I was showing that scene, uh, to my sister. I'm like, this is why you have no capes. She's like, why? And like, you guys yanked back, and he hit David knees to do in the face for touching his cape at that point. So... Please let go of my cape. <laughs> the, we find out the car jacket that he just beat up was actually the person that robbed the wrestling uh, organization mm-hmm. that he could have stopped.
1: He could have stopped.
0: If he just didn't... he was not selfish, Uncle Ben would still be alive. And the guilt that will always haunt Peter. Now, it's, I mean, you understand
1: the guilt, but in all reality, it's like, okay, the the guy who just, who stiffed you, yeah. this guy has comeuppance. Yes. But at the same time, you, it's kind of hard to justify that in your head. You understand why Peter initially did it. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, like you feel for him. Right. Um, but, But because of that, he made the choice because he does have these powers now. Yeah. And now I'm going to put that out to make sure this doesn't happen to – the Uncle Ben situation doesn't happen to anyone else. I will be there for New York.
0: Right. And it's funny. Like in in comic books history, like they always say there's always three people who never came back from the dead. Um, Bucky Barnes, Jason Todd, and Uncle Ben. Mm -hmm. Two of those three have come back from the dead.
1: Yes, Jason Todd.
0: And Bucky Barnes. The Winter Soldier. Yes, yeah, true. And, like, and that's what I'm just waiting for. Like, how the hell are they going to bring Uncle Ben one back one day? Spider-Gwen. Well, that's different. It's a different continuity.
1: It's different, but but he is alive, and he's... Peter's, an av- and Peter's dead. And Peter's dead, and he's the advocate for hunting the fucking Spider-Gwen down.
0: Yeah. I know. It's definitely... It's it's a different... Uncle Ben. Yeah. It's but con- it's Uncle
1: Ben! It's a different continuity.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. We get to see the graduation of the high school, and everybody makes it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary see, Jane breaks up with her boyfriend. Like, so stupid. Uh, that, it was like,
1: oh, that's stupid. And then James Franco was like, hey, she's recently <laughs> single. Right for the picking.
0: I, I just feel like, imagine, like, Juice when he's, like, like kind of, like, dancing to the brothel. Like, yeah. how I imagine, like, Harry but, just walking up to Mary Jane at that it's point. Like,
1: it's like, she he he literally asked her out right then and there, and she's like, yeah, sure. Almost, I mean, but not really. No, but
0: was, at least the idea was planted in his head at that moment. Yes. And we see we have a moment between Norman and, and Peter saying, like, I understand this is a really tough day for you, but this is a day for celebration. And mm-hmm. that, kind of, that kind of relationship between Peter and Norman starts to grow even more as right. Harry and Norman grow further and further apart. Right. Later on, we see Peter at home crying about Uncle Ben. Yeah. Now – a lot of people complain about Peter Parker because he cries too much, and this Peter Parker throughout the series. However, being somebody that's lost somebody like very close to your family, and all of a sudden like a very important day happens, and you just can't help controlling your emotions like that. That scene, I I totally. Sympathize you understand, with and I and I love when M.A. comes in, and they're both I, like their performances in that scene is mm-hmm. tremendous. Yeah, and I'm just like, and I'm watching. And I'm like, can I watch the whole movie of just these two? acting right now just like like I don't care about yeah, the no. I just want to see them interact with each other. Yeah. But um and I'm just like I love those really quiet moments. And then and like Amy says like she like that Uncle Ben knew you would grow up to be a wonderful man. That's when Peter realizes like I know what I have to do. He takes up the drawing the initial concept art for his Spider-Man suit, mm-hmm. and then we cut to a montage of... Uh, of him
1: doodling Spider-Man.
0: Well, we, we, the doodling actually happened before the wrestling match. Oh, yeah,
1: your point. Sorry.
0: Oh, we didn't bring it up before. I apologize. Yeah, uh, there was a
1: montage of him trying to figure out a costume, and it was... It's so funny because it's like, okay, Tobey Maguire is, is not... Drawing these. No you got a profession they, it was of course. Obviously. I I wish I knew who they got because it was like it's a very it's a known style for uh and it's a the art is so unique to this one artist. Right. Um that you know that he is a comic book artist. I just don't know who it was. I mean, hell
0: like you think of Titanic like the, the French drawing of Kate Winslet. that's but, James Cameron's hands. James, he drew that.
1: Which is very talented, but No, they got, yeah, they had, they brought in a comic book artist to do this montage.
0: Right. And that's what leads to this montage of of Spider-Man saving people around the city and people in New York addressing the camera talking about this this Spider-Man. Yeah, without
1: knowing who he, without seeing his actions, but you see the two robbers and like the giant web on the street sign, um... Just all sorts of things like Spider-Man? Well, maybe he's a woman. Right. You have the guy in the subway saying,
0: hey, she just give him one big uh, hug. I mean, if that, if that movie a- would be like a few years later, that would be Naked Cowboy. That would be. It would totally be Naked Cowboy. That
1: would just be a bunch of pan flute guys.
0: Yes. And I love <laughs> Jim Norton, who's part, of, like, who's part of the opening anthony show. He's one of the guys on the man on the street he's like he stinks and I don't like him and I remember as we this lots of go I'm like, I'm like holy crap it's Jim Norton he's hilarious he's only in this movie for a moment why can't he be in it more and then we cut to the greatest casting of any comic book character nor J- none
1: J.K. Simmons as J.J.
0: J. Jonah J. Jameson oh my god <laughs> they nailed it
1: <laughs> From costume design, to dialogue, to personality, personality. He, perfect. To, to, he should have won an Oscar for that position. Best Supporting
0: Role, J.K. Simmons as, as James Jameson. James and I mean, like, who's Spider-Man? He's the menace! I mean, I love Robert <laughs> Downey Jr. as Iron Man. I love Ben Affleck as Batman. I love Chris Evans as Superman. Kevin Conroy as Batman, or Mark Hamill as Joker yeah. J.K. Hey, Simmons. Simmons, I'm sorry, he just Thank takes God. the cake. He, he is the upper echelon of all casting when it comes to comic book movies. It's just so hysterical. Like, every every single
1: spider all the first three movies that he's in, he has these amazing lines as J.J. Right. And it is hysterical sometimes. Like, in the, uh, the second movie where the homeless man brings him the suit, and it's like, oh, give him a hundred bucks. That's it, and a bar of soap. So- and then the third movie with, uh, when, uh, Mary, uh, what? No, it's the end of the second movie where Mary Jane step, uh, stands up her son. Stands up his son. At to the caterer Don't open the caviar. <laughs> and
2: apparently, like,
0: in the second one where he's saying, like, I need more money for my rent. Oh, And he calls his assistant, like, can you bring me a violin? I need, I need to cry for something right now.
1: <laughs> the best is the, the meat, the gif of him, like, wow. staring at him just, like,
0: Busting out Out
2: laughing. (laughs) And that laugh, you can
0: hear echoing. Uh, And it's like, I'm watching this, and I'm like, I cannot wait for Justice League, because I want to see this man is... As Jim Gordon, now it's gonna be so different. It's so different. I mean, it, I mean, but because he's Jim Gordon, yes. <laughs> just, and that mustache that we see him in, like in the Justice League trailer, like he's like he is just spitting image of Jim Gordon. So I'm just, I just I've have... jacked Jim Gordon. Yes. Yeah, so like like why do we need a Batman? Jim Gordon will fight crime. <laughs> Which gives credence because at one point in the New Fifty Two with Scott Snyder's uh, run Batman, Jim Gordon was in a giant mech bat suit fighting crime. What? Yeah. That's just silly. It was kinda of silly. That's why like that's like, preposterous.
2: That's not true. <laughs> that's impossible!
1: Search your feelings.
2: You, you know what is true. true. No, no! <laughs>
0: uh, If somebody's at home, keeping it a pop closer ticker right now going on like what we're what I we're really
1: doing? should buy one of those golf swing uh, counters and I just sit here and we'll How many times we get off track?
0: Oh Jesus. Um <laughs>
2: But then,
1: like, but okay, getting back to Spider-Man, but at the end of all this montage, don't we see him, like, finally, the suit? we see him in the suit swinging through the city and just, you know, all the glory of just
2: fucking, yes!
1: Yeah, we do. Oh, like, talk about a perfect shot of Spider-Man introducing the, the, the Spider-Man suit for the series. Yes. And just him swinging through New York City at sunset. Like, fuck yeah! And we're, like, 40 minutes into the movie. Fuck behind. yeah! And then... Uh, it's a little, maybe it's a little bit different because we're so close to New York City. We're yeah. from Long Island and everything like that. We're forty but minutes away from Manhattan. You know that's that is our city. That is the that is the capital of the fucking world. And Spider Man is our fucking hero. Girl, <laughs> girl.
0: Now imagine, like, now I kind of wanted to bring this up a little bit later, but like I guess I'll bring it up now. Now, Sam Raimi was not the first person approached to do this movie. Christopher Columbus, like, who d- would turn the movie down to do Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Mm-hmm. David Fincher, who did Seven and Fight Club previously, he was a serious contender. But he didn't want to do the origin. He wanted to do the origin in the the opening credits and the Death of Gordon Station. That was the story he wanted to hinge uh, his movie on. That could have been really good, actually. Yeah, I mean, because David Fincher... That would be our very dark spider. man It would be a very dark spider man. Like it's like, why is he in the symbiote suit? Because I said so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, why is he dressed as Carter? Because that's how I see Spider Man. All right, David. Oh, Jesus Christ, oh, lighten up. Yeah. And uh, Mike was one of the people. Sean uh, DeBont was uh, uh, who did Speed and. Uh,
1: uh, Am I I'm glad they didn't do because like.
0: Because oh, he did Unbreakable man. instead. Yeah. And that's a movie that both of us have like grown to love. Oh my god, we... it's such a
1: great great superhero movie. Yes.
0: Oh, we, right. will, we will we'll eventually get to we'll get to Unbreakable soon enough. Don't yeah. worry, people. Um so in Spider Man, I love the moment one they're saying that uh Robbie's talking to jJ uh, J. Jonah Jameson. like, we sold out four orders of like of newspapers i'm like that's another thing dates people are actually buying that many newspapers how many people do buy newspapers not
1: many not as many anymore no
0: print has been even though people say print's been dying for years but it's definitely on sort of a slow downturn anyway yeah we get to see harry and uh peter's apartment and i'm like and like all right you're in manhattan and you got this gigantic apartment. Yeah,
1: Peter is taking is a freelance photographer while in college. Norman's paying for that apartment. He has no, to be. he has to be because it's a giant flat. Yes, it it, it that apartment would literally would you would either have to buy it out for like maybe like three million dollars or you're paying like four thousand dollars of of, uh, of rent a month. Yeah. Something absurd that two kids in college would never be able to afford. I mean, it also it's kind of like the apartment in Friends, where it's like nobody can afford this, these apartments. Neighbors, like, need, need, I mean, it seems like um, Rachel's and Monica's apartment is bigger than Joey's and yeah, it uh, totally is. It much, it's much bigger, so Joey's and Chandler's apartment is much more affordable. But Rachel and Monica's apartment is fucking like who? Who blew who to get that apartment? I and the rent has to be blowjobs.
0: I'm gonna leave it there. <laughs> um, you know I'm right. Yeah, I know. Um, we kind of like while the contract for we kind of skipped over this a little bit earlier. The contract we get to see a test of the. Rival company to Oscorp with the board of direct with the military representatives that are part of that contract. which
1: presumably could be Stark Industries. Wink, no, wink.
0: No, it's Quest Industries. Quest Industries. But like, but you know, yeah, like I'm
1: actually looking forward to. Side note, Homecoming. I'm looking forward to that dynamic to see because Stark Industries and Oscorp would be technically rival companies. Yes, they would be. So I'm looking forward if they're going to address that at all in Homecoming. They better. They better.
0: I mean, that's what we kind of looked forward to in The Amazing Spider-Man, hoping the guy that one day they would. Yeah, but th- that
1: wasn't, that was, that was, The Amazing Spider-Man wasn't part of the uh, MCU. MCU, which. No.
0: <sighs> anyway. Yeah. And so. The Better prot- late than never. The prototype is destroyed by a green flying thing. Flying thing. That, uh, giggle, that laughed maniacally. That blew up also the military representatives that were there.
1: Yeah, what was the line before you killed him?
0: He didn't say anything. He just laughed. That was later. No, yeah. Like, because here, Norman is talking to the board of directors, saying, like, uh, stock is up. Re- uh, revenue's up. Cost is down. Everything's doing well. And, like, well, our rival company has made us a generous offer to buy us out. Uh, buy out Oscorp. The only thing is we got to fire you. And so, Norman's like, I started this company. You know how I sacrificed? And he's starting to become a little more unhinged. Twitchy, yeah. And... Like you're out, Norman, and like William DeFoe's like Out, am I? And it cuts to like the kind of like the Thanksgiving Day parade, pretty much where it's Yeah. And another, another thing it dates is Macy Gray.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Macy Gray performing at the Thanksgiving Day parade.
0: I was like, Holy crap, like wow, we are we are early two thousands right here.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean Still a killer song, and I love that scene. Oh, yeah. And we get to see Peter taking pictures of the celebration, and he spies on um, Harry and Mary Jane there together.
1: I'm sorry. Mary Jane in that kimono? Oh. Gorgeous.
0: Like, that was... Was that like the beginning of puberty for you?
1: That was... That's what kick-started puberty for me.
0: That in the later scene in this movie. Yes. Yeah. We'll get to that. But, oh, my God...
1: Like, oh, that was...
0: Okay, let's move on. Yeah. So, everybody's enjoying it. Harry goes over to speak to the guys who were part of the board of directors. Saying, mm-hmm. like, have you seen my father? Like, I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to be here. And uh, his ears must have been because Greed Goblin shows up and bombs the, the representatives, killing everybody there. It instantly, like, disintegrating them, turning into skeletons and just dropping down, which was awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those iconic images part of this movie.
1: Yeah, which was in every trailer. Just yeah.
0: To... And... The first balcony ca- that, that Harry and uh, Mary Jane are on is falling apart because of the bombs that Green Goblin was throwing. Mm-hmm. Spider Man has a Superman moment when he takes off his shirt and revealing his Spider Man. Sp- the Spider Suit underneath. We get the first, uh, no, technically second, Stan Lee cameo. Because the first cameo is actually in X Men. Yeah. Because he's on the beach in mm-hmm. the very beginning, in the half of movie. We get a Stan Lee saving a kid in this part. He's dragging, yeah. yeah. But speaking of dragging kids away, during the kind of scuffle that Green Goblin is causing destruction here, part of the float falls on top of the, the stage that major Gray was performing on. Oh yeah, the kids and the kids just stare one kid is staring at it as it falls towards him. And everybody else is running away. His mother is screaming for him, and the kid just stands there. And Spider-Man yeah. has to save
1: him. Yeah, you even hear the ki- You even Spider hear Spider-Man going, "Move, kid, move!" And he has to save
0: him. And like, yeah, it Even the as a kid, that pissed me off because I would been like, "I would have ran."
1: You would have. Or, like, your mother would have the common
0: sense to drag you along. Yes. I mean, like, like Grant, I've never been in a flight or fight scenario. Yeah,
1: neither have I, and I hope to never go into one, though.
0: Yeah, but I think flight, I think I'd be able to at least take. I, w- I hope we well, have. You're I certainly freeze. not
1: going to fight the falling balloon on
0: you. No, but I think I wouldn't freeze. I think that that's the one thing I can kind of put, I can put. That's a safe bet for me that I would react some way. I would yeah. not freeze. Yeah. Um,. I mean, like, how many situations have been on the road where I've needed to react, and I, thankfully I have. Yeah, but just, it. But, okay, go, just going
1: back, getting back on track. Yeah. So he saves Mary Jane, drops her drops her off on After the, he
0: has a scuffle yeah. with Green Goblin Yeah.
1: Like, saves her, drops her uh, uh, off. Yeah. And the best part was with the Green Goblin is him like sh- flying off like I'll get you Spider Man
0: it's like it's pretty much like like Wicked Wiz- <laughs> uh, Wizard of Oz. Like, like the little dog too as his glider that's been damaged like splutters off yeah, yeah. His
1: downtown but he Spider Man saves Mary Jane drops off like oh uh, saves puts her on like it's like oh do I know you it's like yes you do do I I'm your friendly neighborhood Spider Man jumps off and he's just like. That's awesome. Yeah,
0: and <laughs> later
1: on, um, but the, yeah, but then the whole Thanksgiving dinner scene comes up.
0: Yes, that's later.
1: That's later. Yeah. How
0: much later? I think that this. I think the celebration happens before Thanksgiving. Okay. They don't call it the Thanksgiving Day Parade. I thought it was like kind of like a stand-in for the Thanksgiving Day.
1: I mean, everyone, you would just immediately associate it with Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, but yeah. because Macy's not a sponsor of this movie, no. they can't say Macy's.
0: No. But um. Because the next scene, like a really big scene, is Jameson uh, dubbing Green Goblin the Green Goblin in his office. And Green Goblin attacks him after Peter is saying, like, this is when I first learned the difference between uh, libel and slander in this scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of like, all the things that Jameson is publishing about Spider-Man. And I love this scene because Green Goblin attacks Jameson and he asks who brings the photographs of Spider-Man. Because presumably the guy who knows the, who's a photographer knows who Spider-Man is. Jameson does not give up Peter no he could have he could have and he probably would have died he could have saved the skin if he did not give up if he could gave up Peter but he refuses to mm-hmm. I think that's a really important moment in this movie
1: Yeah, because well it shows the professionalism of James Jordan jameson even though he can slander and all that stuff yeah but he also it also uh, it also does show um, that he does like Peter yeah I mean to an extent to an extent and, Not to the extent of like the animated series where he's willing to pay for his wedding, right. but uh, but to the point where he's willing to protect him, even though he could be physically
0: harmed. Right. Um, Spider Man goes in there to try and save him, gets drugged,
2: passes Deep. out. Deep. Ah. 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 <laughs> Which Oh.
0: We had we had the pow- <laughs> we, I dub the Power Ranger scene on the rooftop. Uh sleep. sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it is so corny, but it, it It works because if it wasn't William Defoe <laughs> William Dafoe's yeah, uh, uh, but before we go any further, what do you think of the design in the Green Goblin suit? Oh my
1: god, I loved it. I know people have problems with it. Right. But I personally think it was I mean, you're not gonna make it like what you see in like comics with the green skin and like the they tried, but for this purpose and for all the movies that for, like, Amazing Spider-Man that came out afterwards, this was the this was the prototype. The, it is a military glider and uh, the pilot suit. Yeah. The helmet it was just bec- just because.
0: Yeah, it's it the only unfortunate thing why I dubbed the scene the Power Rangers scene when Green Gun tries to um, recruit him to be there is because they both have masks on covering their complete features. Yeah. Well,
1: except William Dafoe does shoot up the... Eyelids. The eyelids.
0: because, yeah, like, William Dafoe has one of the most expressive faces ever. Oh, my God. Yeah. And to cover that up is almost, like, a little bit of a disservice to him as an actor. I mean, that's a joke when you think of, like, Tom Hardy. Like, how many times has he had shit on his face? Like, you have Bane. Harsh. Yeah, you had, like, somebody even put up, like... Like, it was Bane from Dark Knight Rises with the mask on. Mad Max Fury Road, when he had his gauntlet on his face for most of the first part of the movie. Right. And then Dunkirk, he has the ma, flight mask on. And, like, it's like, is that part of his writer the contact that Tom has that crap on his face? Or is he like, I'm trying to grow as an actor with my eyes expressing as much as possible. I don't know why I'm singing into Bane voice. And anyway. he
1: also had that big uh, mustache, too, in that one movie that he Uh, wanted. Bronson, yes. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: so... Saying, and Grigam's, like, rationale is it like, of him to join the bad guys is, like, everybody's going to turn on you. Everybody loves to see everything go wrong. And it does kind of go wrong where the kind of people turn on Peter, or turn on Spider-Man due to J.J. J. Jameson's um paper.
1: Yeah, he just, J.J. Jameson just attacks him. Right. And... But that's not... but. In all honesty, in honesty, we
0: have seen that where news outlets go after specific people. Yes, I mean, like hell, like, that was like one of the biggest cruxes to BVS last year was like how the media turned on Superman so quickly because of one situation. That's a yeah. like, recent comic book thing. Um, so the next big scene, we get the alleyway alleyway rescue Ugh. when Spider-Man saves Mary Jane from being sexually assaulted by a bunch of goons in the rain. In the rain, while she's wearing just a one pink like
1: one. Thin pink tank top, yeah, and no bra underneath.
0: Yeah, I mean, just like and so, as a young uh, heterosexual boy seeing that for the first time, you're like, oh my! It must have been a cold day on set too. Yeah, it's yeah because those those war tanks are never heated. Yeah, but okay, apart
1: from jerk off inspiration, yes, um, that scene changed the movie industry because of the because of the kiss. Because everyone, I remember this was on E! Access Hollywood, all the entertainment shows, talking about this scene. Where it goes like, so you're telling me a movie about a comic book hero can be sexy? And entertaining for adults at the same time? Because of this scene. Yeah. And it changed it. And this is what really started the whole, like you said, what you called the comic book renaissance in movies. Yeah. And it was a big deal. Right. Not only is like, okay, is she, uh, Kristen D- Kirsten D- Dunst looks amazingly hot in the scene, um, but the kiss itself was really sexy in a way, not because she's drenched, yeah. but the, the body positioning and everything like that, and it's been, and that scene has also been satirized to no end as yeah. well. Have you ever done that? Yes. So have I. I mean, come on. Uh, it not like, okay, I'm hanging upside down. No, like, no, no. But your your like, girlfriend like, is, like, she's, like, 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 leaning back in a chair, and you just go, then you kiss her. Yeah. And, like, and then you, you, you giggle over, because, you're, because you're, like, your nose, your, her nose is touching your chin, and your chin, is, your nose is touching theirs. And it's
0: funny, like, tell me why I hate doing that scene, because, um, he everything put, would roll up into his sinuses, and he had to constantly have to, like, blow <laughs> his nose and everything like that. Especially know?
1: with the water. It's, yeah. yeah.
0: I, like, how everything would just get screwed up with that. Um... Next scene is the a fire in an apartment where Spider-Man saves a baby from being burned. Mm-hmm. And I love the tension in that scene because we see Spider-Man go in and we just stay with the mother on the street. And
1: a big explosion and he shoots
0: out. And at the very last second. Yeah. He, and like, Cops come up to arrest, ready to arrest uh, uh, Spider-Man and we hear another scream in another apartment. So he's
1: and he's like, you're going to arrest me and he's like, go,
0: yeah, go. Just go. And I love the fact that there's a stock... Sound effects for that scream because I heard it for like a lot of like real monsters use that scream yeah. because it turns out it's Green Goblin in disguise. which made
1: me jump the first time I ever saw that where he turns around and it's Green Goblin. I'm just to send
0: Spider-Man across this burning apartment.
1: Yeah, but there was also another like kind of matrixy scene in here with like the the, the fidget uh, spinners.
2: You, fly yeah, the, fly. the fidget spinners <laughs> flying Spider-Man and in he's doing
1: thing. like the he's being all uh, nimble and shit, and
0: but he gets cut.
1: Yeah, because he, because... Oh, Grigal- yeah, it is right, because then the Thanksgiving scene takes place after this. Yes. Ah, 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 Yeah, because
0: uh. Gringo throws a pumpkin bomb on him and it has these kind of spinning blades that go after him. Was, they break up into multiple pieces and fly at him. And I love, when this thing came out on DVD, they CGI'd DVD discs. Yes,
1: because- I remember. And the <laughs> DVDs, DVDs, they fly past him.
0: Yeah. The same thing with Underworld, when, like, Kate Excel turns and throws her blade in slow motion at the camera. Mm. She threw DVDs DVDs. close at the camera at one point. Oh, yeah. And because Spider-Man refuses his offer, and and Green Gaunt swears, nobody says no to me! And we cut to probably my favorite face in the movie with Norman Osborn in the elevator, covered in sweat, and it's like his eyes are rolled back in his head, and his eyes twitching up the, Yeah, uh,
1: as, the, as the freight elevator is taking up to the apartment. And, like,
0: I've used that gift in so many conversations. It's like yeah. this guy, like, how do you feel about <laughs> that? Then just go to the scene and see that face. That's what, like, how I imagine. Um, they try that Thanksgiving dinner. Aunt May notices that Peter is bleeding because Peter got cut by one of the blades that Green Gollum threw at him. Norman notices it, realizes, oh, my God, Peter is Spider-Man, mm-hmm. runs out on dinner. Harry gives chase, saying, like, hey, this is really important between me and my lady. Like, like, and just like, Harry, 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 Harry. 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 He's turned to kill the right <laughs> lock part right? there. Harry. Um, no, he says, like,
1: you got br- uh, to do what
0: you do. Do what you want with that and then broom her fast. Yeah. And because he thinks that she's just a gold digger. Yeah. And it's like, oh, God, it's so harsh. Yeah, well yeah yeah and then the whole fight after between harry and mj yeah well they break up yes not yet not 100 percent yet not it wasn't fully like done yet i mean like harry tried to have records try to have reconciled the yeah. relationship but mm-hmm. it's funny because next scene is normanaz were talking to the green goblin mask in his best- yeah which
1: is another scene that was made like pope like which was Criticized, I felt like with him crawling towards the mask and everything like that. But at the same time, I don't see anything really wrong with this because he is mentally unstable at this point. Because yeah, because the, the
0: because he is personality talk. by now.
1: Yeah, and and the because he's Norman Osborn and Green Goblin. There's two different there's two different people inside his mind. Yeah, and the Green Goblin is manifesting from the
0: Green Goblin mask. And it's funny because Tom are. Our our friend who went to Oswego with me like his sweet at one point somebody drew like the Green Goblin mask on one of their whiteboards mm-hmm. and then it just the heart and because everybody would quote the heart first you attack the heart right. bye Spider-Man like, everybody would just quote Norman Oswego as- William Defoe's Green Goblin, for like two weeks like mm-hmm. solid while we we're up at school Green Gom attacks Aunt May while she's uh, uh,
1: the outfather
0: yeah uh, as say it say the last line Jane. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always wish like, he had Gene Simmons' tongue to come out of the mask while he's doing that. Just, like, like, how does he know what she's doing? Like, it's, how can he hear her? Unless he was, like, he had his ear near the window. And okay, you know, like, I'm going to,
1: uh, to completely pop it at this precise moment. Hopefully this will break the wall. Wall's gone. Okay, who cares?
0: <laughs> like, what if he did not have enough inertia? <laughs> he just, it is like, or like the blades of it go through, but he doesn't. <laughs> and he has to back up and try, cut, and try again. Hold on, hold on, hold on,
2: juke
0: oh. <laughs> who uh, built this house?
2: My husband.
1: <laughs> the blades don't even penetrate. You just. Oh,
0: that must have been a giant bird. <laughs> uh, it's uh, thinking like a wildly coyote could like, it's like hits into it and it reverberates as he as he sticks <laughs> it out then, of the wall <laughs> and so Aunt May's taken to the hospital and she's screaming about a, a
2: creature those with giant, eyes those eyes and Peter's like wow he knows who I am oh <sighs> 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 sorry <laughs> <laughs> Christ
0: <laughs> we, we've been building up Tommy Maguire as a good actor in the movie. We have, we have to come down just a little bit. Okay, sorry. And so, following, like, a couple of days later, Peter has a heart-to-heart with MJ about, like, knowing who Spider-Man is and saying why Spider-Man should be interested in MJ and kind of confesses why he really loves MJ. And You yeah. do see the moment where, like, both of them kind of fall in love with each other. Yeah. Harry walks in on them.
2: Oh. Exactly. And
0: it's funny because they start shooting and... Because they dyed James Franco's hair brown to match uh, William Defoe, They didn't have... A, and they decided that halfway through shooting. Partly through shooting. So, in that scene, Harry's hair is black when he walks into that scene. Not brown. Go back and watch that scene. You'll see his hair is black and not brown.
1: Right? Oh, okay. It wasn't the biggest... I mean, it's a big, it's a continuity issue, but... but I, I, it,
0: like, it was one of the things I read about uh, this afternoon uh, getting ready for this. Like, and okay. then, uh, while I was watching the movie, I'm like, holy shit, they're right. It's yeah. black hair, not brown. So... He sees his father saying that Peter's in love with Mary Jane, and he's like, I'm definitely going to make it up to you, son. Hint, hint, twisting my mustache. And mm-hmm. I'm, I am starting whiplash here. And Anne made later on is talking to Peter, saying, like, yeah, everybody knows you love MJ. Peter has a uh, eureka moment. Calls MJ on the phone, on a payphone. Yeah. Because those... Those, those those were a thing.
1: Yeah, those existed then.
0: Kids, if you don't know what a payphone was, it's
1: only 15 years ago, which is
0: crazy. I know. And so, he calls gets a gets an answering machine, an answering machine, not voicemail, an answering machine, and that's when. Please do us the be honest, because somebody picks up the phone. <laughs> Getting Spider Man come out to, to play, play as Green Gump. I just imagine <laughs> Green Gum in the apartment waiting by the my god, machine. what
1: on. Un- I'm sorry. What an amazing line delivery of that, that oh line. Oh, my God. It is so, like, for the scene specifically, it is the big, it makes your stomach drop. Yeah. Because it's like, holy shit, he has Mary Jane. Yes.
2: Oh, what
1: did you do to her? Yeah. It's like, oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I think it's obvious that I'm fanboying here. Yeah. It's just,
0: oh. So, Harry,
1: Harry, Harry, Harry
0: kind of screwed the pooch by having, uh, putting Mary Jane in the in Green Goblin's crosshairs, pretty much, at that yeah. point. And so, Mary Jane wakes up on top of the Queensboro Bridge, mm-hmm. and Green Goblin blows up the control center for the tour of kids that's going on in the bridge at the same time. And, yep. uh, and Spider-Man shows up. And Green Goblin gives him a choice: either save the woman you love or save the kids. Choose! And I always, and I always love that shot where it's a close-up of, Peter, of Spider-Man and in the reflection of his eyes. You see Mary Jane in one, and the kids in the other. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man dies for Mary Jane, grabs her, and then grabs the kids, and he's, and he's holding both of them, and he's trying to hold them as long as he can. And at that time, a harbor master is approaching with his boat. He was going to swing his tugboat underneath the tram that, that's hold that's being held that Peter is holding while the kids are in. Right. At the same time, Green Gum decides to attack him.
1: Mm-hmm. Was it this movie or the next movie where he just goes, like, she's, like, holding on to him and he's looking at each other and he just goes, this is really heavy. That was in the second one. Second one. Yeah.
0: Um, Mary Jane slides down the cable, the remaining cable that Harry's holding, uh, that Peter's holding on to, um...
1: Which, that would hurt like a bitch. Yeah. Like, that's just wire cable. And, yeah, is oh.
0: tearing up your hands. And Green Goblin's about to finally deliver the death blow to Peter when he, debris starts getting thrown at him. And then we, all the New Yorkers that's on the bridge start throwing stuff at him. Now, you can't talk about this movie without talking about what uh, happened in September 11th in 2001. Mm-hmm. Now, even to the point where we mentioned before, there was a... Uh, advertisement that had a helicopter with bank robbers getting caught in a giant web that's strung between the two and Twin Towers. Yep. Now, I really think and a lot of people will kind of look back at this moment and say, ah, it's a little unnecessary. It's kind of like too, like, on the nose. We need to be unified and patriotic. But I think within the context of this movie, even watching, and even still watching it now, I don't have a problem with it. I can see people... I see the people but like
1: it kinda of went back to my fanboying a little bit earlier. Spider Man is the hero for New York City. Yeah. I mean he still it by far is. Yes. I mean you have people that scale buildings in New York City and they are always referred to Spider Man. Yes. Um but and that scene was actually shot post nine eleven. Yeah. Um but I don't think it's like totally like I don't see I mean, I guess you can complain about it, but at the same time like it's not uncalled for. No, I mean it actually kind of contradicts what Green Goblin was trying to sell to Peter that they will turn on you. Yes,
0: and I always think like Zoolander reminded us it was okay to laugh. Yes, after 11 and Spider Man, this Spider Man, show that anybody can be a hero, and everybody can, like everybody is a hero in one way or another. Yeah, and I think that kind of like goes to like how the kind of the unified like front like that everybody like. That so many people helped like in the rescue and of uh, people out of the twin towers after they collapsed everything, and I do enjoy that moment. I think it's this movie like is kind of like it was a movie that was needed. Oh, I agree. Everybody needed it at this point. There were
1: certain things after post. You can go into like memories in post nine eleven, but there were certain things that made it okay. Life can continue after nine eleven. Yes, and you, yes, like you said, Zoolander was definitely one of them. Um, I know some people hate it, but Green Day's American Idiot was another another one of those things where, we're like, okay, we can go back to hating the government again. Yeah. Um, but Spider Man, as you point, it's okay to cheer and unify and be like and know that there's actual heroes out there.
0: I, I had a very similar experience years later, nearly ten years later, with the Avengers. <laughs> And it's and I remember the moment where it's the big tying shot showing all the Avengers as a team, mm-hmm. uh, defending themselves against the Chitauri in New York City. Yeah, and it's like at the time when we needed heroes, and it was I think it was the movie that was necessary for it. And this like and I think it was a culturally and as zeitgeist we needed this movie.
1: Oh, i i totally I totally agree.
0: And I, and I remember like one of the moments where it's like SNL, like the, like one of the first SNLs after.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean there are certain moments like um SNL where the they had all the F D like have a bunch of F D and not Y guys as their special and guests. The,
0: and the, whole, the little guy I'm who owns SNL is like talking to Rudy Giuliani. He's like, Is it okay that we be funny again?
1: Why start now? <laughs> <laughs> that was another thing. And then um the Yankees going to the World Series yeah. and George W. Push pitching throwing that first pitch out of Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Which was that was the, the like another scene where that was that was well needed. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, how can you forget Mike Piazza hitting that home run?
0: Yes. I mean, like, the one thing that I always say, like, the one, like, sports historic moment I was a witness to, I was at the first Mets game post-9-11. Yeah. And just, like, the kind of atmosphere that every Mets fan had, that every New Yorker had. Yeah. That we were all together, we were all united. But, like, it was something that we we all needed as... As Americans, and especially New Yorkers at that time. But after that scene, Green Goblin grabs a whole spider, tosses him into an abandoned building, mm-hmm. and proceeds to be- beat
2: the every shit out of him.
1: Yeah, this is actually one of the first times we actually see the mask get totally
0: fucked. Because he takes a grenade to the face. Yeah, he
1: takes a grenade to face his mask and suit is all ripped up, half his face is out and everything like that, and just, oh. It, that was a really brutal fight, too. Yeah.
0: And, like, and, like, and I love the moment where, like, Green Goblin's like, you know, like, if you would have done what I wanted, like, I would have done Mary Jane nice and simple and easy. But now I'm going to take my time and it's going to be nice and slow. <laughs> and that gives Peter the strength to battle the Goblin and beat him down to submission where he Green Goblin tries to play, like, it's me. It's Norman Osborne. Yeah. Like, and at the same time, the glider pops up behind him on Green Gom's command. Mm-hmm. And the plans to stab him in the back. Literally. Literally. And, like, he says, like, I've been, I, you've been, like, a son to me. i like, I've been a father to you. Be a son to me. And Harry, Peter has that moment. I keep saying Harry, because I think he's done something Harry Potterpot. which yeah. is why the name's coming to Harry. me. Harry. Harry. Uh, Peter says, I had a father. His name is Ben Parker. And of course, yeah, it's me, and Spider-Man. Another quote that my friend and I would make uh, fun of in that two weeks. Hits the switch. The glider comes at him. Sp- sp- spider-, spider
1: senses flips back, flips over it,
0: and it impales uh, Norman to the wall. Yeah, killing him. And his last lines is, "Don't, don't tell, tell Harry." Me. Yeah, don't, wow! No! Wow! am oh, no, wow, Really screwing it up.
2: Don't tell Harry.
0: <laughs> Slump. So Peter brings Norman's body to. The penthouse leaves him there. Harry sees it, grabs a gun, and tries to shoot... Uh, uh, just
1: conveniently, right where he was standing.
0: Yes. He's going to shoot uh, Spider-Man, and He's Spider-Man leaves. We see the funeral of Norman Osborn. Harry swears vengeance on his father's grave. Mm-hmm. Mary Jane confesses that she loves Peter, and Peter's like, no, we can't do this because I, I'm Spider-Man, and I cannot protect you if, I, if we're doing both of them. No, no,
1: he doesn't admit... Th- Admit that he's Spider-Man. He doesn't? She finds out by kissing him. Right. And she touches her lips and it's like, oh my god, that was that sensual kiss. Right. And I forget the bullshit reason he gives to her.
0: I, 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 you came over before I finished the end of the movie, so I cannot remember. Uh, yeah, I, there Sorry, was some.
1: Please. It was some bullshit reasoning that we can't be together. Yeah, but be, it wasn't because I'm Spider-Man and you're vulnerable. And internally,
0: that's what he said.
1: Yeah, but it, he kept his identity until he kissed her. Yeah, and then she's like, "Oh."
0: And ends with Spider-Man swinging off into the New York City, stopping by American flag, and then swinging off, and then we get Chad <laughs> Kroger's hero at the end.
1: <sighs> okay. Sorry, that last scene is just... Uh, if you're a red-blooded American and a geek, that is the perfect fucking scene ever. Yes. Batman swings through New York City, lands on a flag post with a giant American flag fluttering behind him, and he swings into camera. Fuck
2: yeah.
0: America! Oh my god. I'm sorry, I just like... I... <clears throat> you're very prideful, I understand. <sighs> it's all good. Now, a few things I want to talk about before we wrap this up. Um, the music of this movie. What do you think of David, uh, well, Danny Elfman's score and the Chad Kroger, like, Hero song? I mean,
1: Hero was a popular song at the time. Yeah. So, it fit. It fit. It fit.
0: Yeah. It was kind of like the Prince album with Batman 89. Yeah. As well as Kiss from a Rose with Batman Forever. Yeah.
1: But, um, Kiss from a Rose is unique. <laughs> That's just unique, um, but Danny Elfman's score was so fitting of the movie. Yeah. It really, it really brought the comic book to life with his with his score. Yeah, and like the emotional, the emotions that you get through the 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 score really complemented what was going on in the scene. Yeah, and like the action scenes were just enhanced by it and everything like that. And it just was great. The, the score was great.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Fucking a, and I know it's Sam Raimi and Danny Evan did have like kind of like a falling out with Spider-Man Two, and I'm pretty I'm not sure if he came back for Spider-Man Three. I, I have got to look that up, but like every now and then I'll catch myself kind of like humming like that, and humming the Spider-Man theme. Granted, it is very similar to his Men in Black score, mm-hmm. but different enough. I mean, it's not as like like you think of like you listen to the Batman Nine score and you listen to his Flash. TV sc-
2: score,
0: mm-hmm. like whoa, I understand it's one of the brothers, and it's like money going from one pocket to another because they are very similar in terms of like structure and everything like that. But um, so yeah, I really enjoyed Danny Elfman's score for this movie, and it's kind of like in this day, today's day and age, where kind of the like superhero scores are kind of not as memorable as they should be. It's it's refreshing to go back and say, like, oh, yeah, a memorable theme to with a character that you can identify with him with. So I really enjoy that. But, um... So what would you say your favorite scene and your least favorite scene for when it comes to Spider-Man?
1: Um...
0: It's not important now. What are you looking up?
1: I think it's Christopher Young who composed Spider-Man 3. Thought so. So... Okay, that's what I was looking at. So favorite scene. Oh, fuck. Oh, how many are there? There's um a lot. crap. I mean I, I mean I just like ejaculated everywhere with that final final scene mm-hmm. uh, just so fucking awesome. But something not that I mean, <sighs> I think the montage of him doing his acts in the city. Right. And then finally getting revealed uh, the new suit and everything like that before J. Jonah Jameson. says,
0: I'm in this. Yeah.
1: I think that whole sequence really like, this is really Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. It's like, holy shit, it's really Spider-Man. Right. That's, I think that's what really made it for me because that, because the, re, the people in the street reactions are so, so you know, New York. It's yeah. Like some indifferent, some all for it, some ag- completely against it, and some just completely bizarre. Yeah, like maybe he's a woman.
0: Yeah, like yeah really? It's, <laughs> it's
1: really. <laughs> uh,
0: just oh, so many unique personalities that come out of New York City. Uh,
1: the least favorite scene. Um, I just had one in my mind. Um, because there was one that, that just didn't seem to work. I mean. I could say him going, uh, uh, Green Goblin going, Sleep. <laughs> but that's just too comical. Um, I don't know. I really don't think I can pinpoint a specific.
0: You enjoy the movie that much. I but...
1: enjoyed it. I because in my mind, I enjoyed it so much that all the blemishes are just like are forgivable. Right. Um, I don't know. You can go, I'll think about, think about my least favorite scene. If
0: I, I think my favorite scene is probably the parade rescue. Yes. That is up there. And just like how awesome is seeing Stanley Lee, seeing Spider-Man, being Spider-Man, having him confront Green Goblin. Granted, like I could give it to any scene Jane, Jones and end. is in mm-hmm. and how awesome it is. Um, and probably my least favorite scene, huh? Like if it's something that I think is like really the weakest, and it's just like, uh, mm. it's I mean,
1: you're struggling too with this.
0: Yeah, because like it's such a. <sighs> I guess
1: if it all honestly, it has to be the where the when uh, Green Goblin attacks uh, the what's the name of the newspaper.
0: The Daily Bugle.
1: Daily Bugle, thank you. I was thinking, I was going to say Daily Planet. I was like, no, that's not right. No, but the like, wait, daily, Bo-
0: daily Bugle got their name from. Yeah,
1: but the Dax Daily Bugle and, like, the whole, com- like, back and forth. We saw Iron Man, Green Goblin, sleep, and then Spider-Man, oh,
0: oh. No, no, no no, 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 no. The following scene where well, it's just the two of them on the rooftop.
1: I actually enjoyed that scene a lot. Well, that's, that's fair. I mean, yes, it's a lot of head motion because the ADR, the shit over it. Yeah. But, but that scene had significant purpose. Yeah. Which getting there was a little corny.
0: Yeah Okay, I'll give you that. But, I mean, it's... And the reason why... I mean, this is the first movie to make $100 million in one weekend.
1: Which has never been done even with inflation, I just read. When it, the movie first came out, it was the first one to ever do it. Yeah. And with inflation, it still was the first one to ever do it.
0: Yes. And, like, it was topped, like, like four years later by Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man Dead Man's Chest, I think.
1: Something like that, yeah.
0: Um. So it was a massive success and, like, 2002, like, and the reason why I said I was going to bring up Batman 89, like, Batman 89, like, the summer of 89 was the summer of Batman. You couldn't go anywhere without seeing right. Batman stuff. 2002 was the summer of Spider-Man. Oh, for sure. You saw Spider-Man, and spiders everywhere. Yeah. And which actually, is... it became a pop culture phenomenon when this movie came out.
1: Which, is, it's weird because there's a lot of decent movies that came out in 2002.
0: Yeah, you had Two Towers yeah. in, in December.
1: The Born Identity. The
0: Born Identity. But, like, nothing became a household name like Spider-Man. I mean, I, I wore, I think I may have wore out my VHS copy of Spider-Man when I got it. Oh,
1: yeah. I got it on DVD as soon as it got out there. And, and just, like,
0: like it, I mean, this movie means a lot to us, and it meant a lot. Like, it was, it proved that Batman and Superman were not a fluke, and they were not the only two, the DC characters were not the only ones who could make a mm-hmm. master problem. Like, sure, X-Men was good, and it was successful. But it wasn't... Like this, and then, like, after this, like, next year, X2 was a huge hit, and then you had those first... Granted,
1: further... X2 was a great movie.
0: Yes. I mean, it's still my favorite of the X-Men franchise, and yeah. we'll, we'll eventually get to those. Yeah, and but, then,
1: but Spider-Man 2...
0: following year of that, 2004.
1: Oh, my God.
0: I mean, just, I cannot wait to we get to see
1: that. I, I look forward to that, because as good as Spider-Man was, Spider-Man 2 was the crown jewel of Marvel... All the Marvel movies. Up until, like, Iron Man. I, well, Iron Man's... Iron Man was good,
0: but that... Iron Man is... Are you saying Spider-Man 2 is still the best Marvel movie? Overall? Yeah. More than, like, Guardians of the Galaxy. More than Winter Soldier. Uh, yes. And Avengers. I, I, yes. Wow. I, I think... I mean, all those movies that you listed and are... good.
1: X2? X2 can give it a run for money, but I think Spider-Man 2... Don't delivered everything it was hyped up to be it delivered
0: it's funny because like when I did my I did like a list of my top 25 like favorite comic book movies like like the top five like the top 10 were, like most of them were sequels yeah and I'm like it's like it's Spider-Man 2 it's X2 it's like uh, I'm like uh uh it was something else that was a sequel in there it's oh, it like it was Winter Soldier and I'm like yeah uh, thank God I have like Batman Begins who's like mm. the first one and I have Master the Phantasm in the list yeah. as well so yeah
1: but going back to your point where you mentioned Iron Man if Spider-Man wasn't this successful, you would never get Iron Man. No. And Iron Man is significant to starting the MCU. Yes. Because and trust me, Iron Man is a great movie. Yeah. Um, but in comparison to Spider-Man, I think Spider-Man has the more significance. Yeah. I mean, to just start this what you as you call the car- comic book renaissance, but Iron Man significantly was the the dinner bell for Marvel, because like now we can make a shit ton of money really quick.
2: Yeah,
0: and I always say like when you think of superheroes in general, yeah, the three superheroes that come to mind: Batman, Superman, Spider Man. Spider Spider-Man. Man's always been the face of Marvel. Oh, uh, yeah. And despite how great the Fantastic Four and X Men were, and when it comes to being part of pop culture, mm-hmm. Spider Man was always the forefront. Iron Man may be the one who's been like that for ten years, but for forty-five or forty-plus years. Spider-Man's been the face of Marvel.
1: Well, now he's 20, he's 55 years old. Yeah,
0: I'm just saying, like, since, like, I'm saying for the past 10 years. Yeah. Iron 10 Man's years been, has been Iron Man. Yeah, 10 yeah. years, I'm just saying, like, the 40 plus, plus or 45 no. plus. But here's the, th- here's the thing, Um,
1: you yes, it's been Iron Man, but after the, like, the disappointment that Spider-Man 3 was, and then the two amazing Spider-Man, both amazing Spider-Man movies, there's still the hope that there's a good Spider-Man movie coming from, because that's how significant this character is. Yes. I mean, it's yes, Iron Man is in the spotlight right now, because Robert Downey Jr. owns the role. Yes. Um, but the hope is that this new Spider-Man movie that's coming out could bring us back to this spider to 2002 Spider-Man.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of
1: apprehension here, but yes, yeah.
0: Even amongst us. Yeah, I mean, you're just kind of
1: watching trailers going like, oh,
0: shit. Yeah, like, when we were watched, we were seeing Wonder Woman last week, and we we're like, I have my set feelings. And then you saw the trailer, and, like, after the trailer was over, you even, like, you were like, <sighs> and you were an eternal optimist when it comes to Spider-Man.
1: Yeah. I'm a more of an apologist when it comes to the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Uh, yes, I do see that Sony tampered a lot into it. Yes. Do I, do I think they're horrible movies? Absolutely not. Mm. Though people think they're like, oh, it's so horrible. Sony's just like, ugh. Right. It's like no, they were they were fun. I, I mean, I wrote another thing that I haven't pu- published it. I put it on the Uh, uh, right.
2: .com,
1: uh but it's on my D, uh, DW dwdrawings.dvdart.com where i is like it did amazing spider-man get a fair shake right. and my personal opinion is no yes it, it was tampered with but overall it was a different spider-man yeah everyone wanted the toby mcguire spider-man but there was a giant se- sequence of spider-man being a cocky douche in high school yeah he was a geeky douchebag right so and that's and, what and
0: andrew garfield did that yeah basically
1: and okay and he has a new york accent well where what where do you fucking think he
0: lives yeah i mean that that's why i think tom holland's got the most new york accent in his portrayal of spider-man right now yeah i mean i'm looking forward i mean i'm looking you're not the real avengers oh, wait that's you're
1: not the real Aven- captain not... Just, that... <sighs> huh.
0: where are you from queens fucking queen brooklyn yeah, I mean, like they always say, like the people. Like, I have problems with Captain America: Civil War, but like one thing I will really enjoy is it was Tom Holland as Spider.
1: I mean, come on! Like, who did not cheer or get excited when we first saw Spider-Man coming,
0: like in the like being in the, going to be in that movie? And then when Winter Soldier throws a punch and he catches it, like
2: you have a metal arm! arm. That's so cool! <laughs> it's Like it's kind of right.
0: And Falcon, like everybody's got a gimmick now. <laughs> it's like we're fighting. There shouldn't be that much talking. Oh,
1: sorry. But that's Spider-Man. Yeah. He would throw these quibs out, like little quibs of just, like, mocking, rocking right. you and everything like that. I mean, to the point where it to the point where it makes sense why comic where they gravitate... It's actually funny because Spider-Man's quibs gets kind of replaced, overshadowed now by Deadpool's quibs. It's yeah. Deadpool's stuff in the main... And more of the mainstream. But... The relationship that now is budding in Marvel, where you're comparing Spider-Man and Deadpool together, mm-hmm. is great because now you're finally seeing Spider-Man, who's normally the joke cracker, being the straight man of the two. Yeah, uh,
0: but um, that's a
1: totally different.
0: Does, direction. Do, does the original Spider-Man still hold up for you? Yes, I flat guess. out.
1: Yes, yes. There's some dated things like. Right. Telephone boost. Right. $3,000 for three minutes.
0: And in a wrestling match, <laughs> fuck no.
2: <laughs>
1: not
0: the There's indie no indie. insurance papers to fill out or anything like that. No, no not no backlaw indie uh, outlaw kind of like wrestling organizations going get you $3,000 yeah. for a three-minute match.
1: And it's also, it's also kind of like nostalgic because Yes, the movie came out post nine eleven, but the movie was so. But the movie was clearly pre nine eleven New York City. Yes, and it it want and as New Yorkers who lived through that, you kind of want to. You wish you can go back to that that and you know it. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of significance to that, and that mo- movie has a lot of emotions t- connected to that time as well.
0: Yeah, and I th- do think like of course the things that are dated, but I think you pop it in. You'll love it. Your kids love it. Your, anybody will still love this it movie. It is
1: Spider-Man.
0: It is classic, and it's just... It's up there with Superman the movie, Batman 89, and it's just like the purest exploration of this character. Yeah, I agree. Now, if you want people to follow you on social media, to code, where can they find you? Well, I
1: mentioned it quite a few times already, but you can check out um, my my cartoon reviews on uh, cartoonbidge.blogspot.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, It's still uh, I still have my uh, review of – I haven't updated it in like two or three weeks now. I've been bad. I'm going to update it. Don't okay. worry. It's going to get updated. I still have plenty of reviews to put up there. Um, but you want to check out those reviews, you can check it out there. You can also check out some reviews, drawings um, on dwdrawings.deviantart.com. You can actually check out my latest short story called Tentacles, Not Tentacle porn, but it's like a summer horror story that you can check out at dwdrawings.tvnart.com if you're really interested
0: cool and if you want to follow me on social media you can follow me on twitter at timothy rooney Two. follow my facebook and youtube page under the banner through the lens productions where our latest short film cat call is up <laughs> and if you like this uh go out, find us on itunes and leave us a five star review and a written review so we can get this word out there that people like this show and get it out there and more people listening because share it with your friends and they get to enjoy this entertainment i think people should really do that mm-hmm. and as well as you can follow this podcast on soundcloud.com dakota I want to thank you for being a part of this. Yeah,
1: I'm sorry if I got too fangirly.
0: It's okay. I was dying of uh, confidence somehow just started to act up as soon as we started hitting record. So, mm-hmm. you know what?
1: It happens to the best of us. Yes.
0: Yeah, so, hope everybody's enjoyed this review of Spider Man. Hopefully, next episode should be the Batman Begins review if everything goes well. Batman. Uh, if not, then we should be following up with the rest. We'll be finishing the Harry Potter movies soon, as well as finishing the the rest of this uh, Sam Raimi Spider Man trilogy before Spider Man Homecoming comes out. Lots of finishing. Yeah, we got, and then we got to start up our Justice League. Uh, anime we got, yeah, we got to get that started on that. Yeah. So a lot to come and. Look forward to that. So uh, thank you for everybody listening to this review of Spider-Man as well as our tribute to Sir Roger Moore. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to the Anything Goes podcast and we'll talk to you soon.
2: Bye!